0: Criterion Creeps podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm RJ Beamog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now to creep our way through that Criterion collection one spine mm-hmm. number time in order of release. This week we continue growing older together and gaze into what our inevitable future divorce will look like as we watch the second half of Spine 185 in the Criterion collection. Francois Truffaut's The Adventures of Antoine Doinel* collection. Mm-hmm. Here with Spine 187, Bed and board from 1970, and Spine 188, Love on the Run from
1: 1979. But first, RJ. What? It's fall, baby. It's fall. Did you uh, feel that fall vibe come into the air lately? It it feels just hot. Yeah, so we actually, like, the last three weeks have been pretty cold. Mm -hmm. But this week, as soon as school started back up this week, it cranked it up like ten degrees. It's thirty degrees again. hmm
0: I was out from my uh my Wednesday walk and uh I felt like I was baking. Baking under this goddamn sun. It's, it's not bacon, supposed to be like eh? that. This is supposed to be like two months ago heat. What did you smell like? Man. Ugh. Like like cooked <laughs> in man. what state? Cooked man.
1: Um Cooked D- Dakota? I Dakotan man. So a lot of denim? Yeah. Or like... Yeah, okay.
0: I, I got some denim on. Some you do
1: actually damn yep. damn, damn. yeah uh yeah it's real hot man like real hot and i don't like it i wish it could be fall all year round jared <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. i do though like i actually i i'll regret it i want the cold to come i just don't want winter to come does that make sense because winter sucks here do, do you just want it to be pumpkin spice season I around. do want it to be pumpkin. I, I went out and bought a, a ton of Halloween decorations the other day. Yeah. Did I send you that picture of the skeleton that died on the toilet? Uh, no, you sent me the toad. That skeleton? I'll send it to you. It's like a skeleton Maybe who's who's like sitting on the toilet. I've never seen anything so <laughs> representative of my life. It's like my spirit totem. Yeah. It kind of... yeah I didn't say animal because, you know. Yeah. Like, my totem. That thing's cool, man. You like Halloween? I don't know. I've never asked. I, th- I, think, I think I'm think i a fan. You're a fan? It's coming up. Hey, I got a, a gear to grind for you this week. Uh-oh. Okay, so I got to ask you a question. When you're buying a, a tortilla brand novelty chip, that's a weird way to put it, Doritos or Aribas, what's your brand? Mm-hmm. When you got to eat tortilla chips.
0: Okay, so my problem, Jeez, RJ. Cheese-flavored tortilla whoa, chips. Wow, there you go. But the problem with those things is they all use whey powder on so i have an allergy to whey what since when since uh
1: i don't know seven eight years ago when i figured it out no seriously that can't be true i've seen you put down shit all the time like what about buns from arby's do those not have whey in them i don't think so maybe they do i don't know i have to i have to avoid that That, after you eat arby's do you have to run home uh
0: not uh, no
1: I think I'm okay, but no, yeah, it's like a
0: whey allergies. Like it's very unusual,
1: but uh how, how is that different from gluten allergy? It's different.
0: No, it's because whey's a it's a well, I know it's it's a, it's things, a dairy but... it's a dairy
1: extract. It's like the okay.
0: concent, it's like milk concentrate, and so they put it in all sorts of things that they want to keep like dairy based baked things. So they throw it in there, and they also use it for cheese powder in chips and stuff. So often Can I'll you be not like, uh, well, it's I mean it's curds well, that's and whey. Cheese curd. yeah, cheese yeah. curds a bit different, but yeah, whey, w h e y, folks. Uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to I'm, find. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just making sure everyone listening knows what I'm talking about. Okay. I, I mean they make that whey powder when lifters want to get yeah. their protein. They want to get we swole. Yeah, that stuff. Uh, I don't even the know what that. I, I don't even want to know what that would do to me.
1: Hmm. I'm going to sneak some in sometime. Okay, so you don't eat Doritos or Ariba's because they have whey on them. Probably, yeah. That, that's probably why. I, I just
0: Every time I pick one of those types of things up, I just go, oh, don't want
1: that. I, I typed in Ariba's whey, and the first thing that comes up is beef and whey. Crown <laughs> support. I don't know what that means. Uh, wow. Some kind of whey powder flavored like beef? Oh, my God. Ugh. <laughs> That's gross. Usually it's like peanut butter or chocolate or something you can like put in milk. Oh. Beef. Ugh. Kind of fucking maniac is putting that down. Okay, anyways, Jared. But you've had those and they taste good. They just make you feel bad, right? Yep. Okay, so I've always long held that Aribas are the premium brand. Uh, and people beg on Aribas a lot. They're like, I took Arebas to a party one time because I always... Like, if it's a potluck, I'll pick up, like, a pizza or a bunch of McDoubles or Junior Chickens. But if it's a casual hang, I'll bring a bag of, like, Ariba's. And I remember I took one to a place one time, and everyone fucking begged on me. They're like, what, were they out of Doritos? It's like, you gotta skimp for the the bargain brand? And I was like, (laughs) excuse me. I was like, I'll have you know that Ariba's are, like, 50 cents more expensive than Doritos, if not a whole dollar. So what's really the bargain brand? cheese tortilla chip so i've always held out that aribas are top quality so i went to the store and i was like i kind of want some aribas so i bought this bag and i thought i didn't really look at it too good i'm pretty like you know i don't really pay attention to stuff like talking reading, listening i'm i'll be upfront about that i don't pay attention to things very well so i bought this bag and i thought it was like sour cream and onion or something uh But not really because it's Doritos. But so anyways, it was chili flavored in sour cream. But like Doritos has sweet chili heat. So I was like, oh, maybe it's like chili flakes or something. But then I found on the bag it had an actual bowl of chili. And I was like, oh, this could be good. So we cracked that thing up open. Andrea and I both had a uh, chip. And there was just sheer like horror in her face. These chips... Were the grossest fucking chips I have ever eaten in my life. We each had one and we threw the bag out. My disappointment was immeasurable and what, my day was ruined. What, what was this brand? Ariba's. So just, it's just Ariba's, Ariba's. Yeah, Ariba's chili and sour cream, I think they were called. Hmm. This was. These were the grossest fucking chips I have ever had in oh, my
0: entire life. Oh, they're the old Dutch, or those things.
1: Yeah, Ariba's are like old Dutch's version of oh. Doritos. See I'm- I I'll I'll hold you, they're like, they're plain cheese ones that are just basic Doritos. Those are awesome. hmm. Those are awesome. Or or their jalapeno and cheese versions. Those are awesome too. See,
0: I'm not even even that big a fan of the old Dutch.
1: Yeah, a lot of people bathe on old Dutch for some uh, reason. That's a Canadian brand, right? I
0: think so. I think it's exclusively. You can look it up, folks. It's got the little little, uh, Dutch windmill on it. Real Absolutely. novel, they, but it's like it is definitely the cheap chip because they come in those white boxes and you get two little Old bags Dutch, of yeah. chips. Yet yeah. for the regular chips, though. no, those are a
1: uh, single. They they want to compete with the big dogs of Doritos. Mm-hmm. So like I'm bringing this up, and if it's only available in Canada, Canada. there's like no, there's like two listeners who are going to be able to try these. I I can't recommend it. We threw I threw it's the this, entire this fucking sounds, bag out. Yeah, that does not sound like, like a recommend. Challenge. That just sounds like a challenge. One chip. Yeah. That's all it took. And we were both like, ugh. And I've eaten some pretty mm. bad shit, man. Like, there's lots of times it's like, this isn't good. And then you just keep eating it, you know? Oh, you know? Yeah, when you're I, fat. Uh, yep. And you're when you're a fat piece of shit, you're just like, whatever. You and you I don't can't, fuck and you anymore. can't help yourself. You've just given up. Yeah, I know what that is. So know. you know what I did after? I made a box cake. And I ate it. <laughs> Because it's like I said, my disappointment was immeasurable and my day was ruined. So a I just like, "Cake!" You're talking like the um, Betty Crocker. Betty Crocker, yeah. Yeah, like box we cake. bought one a while ago, and it's just it was just sitting in our cupboard. What and I was like, it was golden Ooh. cake. So we did that with a little vanilla icing and some sprinkles and shit. Mm-hmm. So it was like a birthday cake kind of, and uh, it was pretty good. Well, I'm glad you had a birthday cake in my honor. I did have. Hey. Happy birthday, Jarrett. Thanks, Arj. Hey, I, I made a post on the Facebook on uh, the mm-hmm. day of. Yeah. I think I have captured your likeness yeah. pretty well. Who, who did you use again? Uh, I used a real picture of you. Oh, not not Phil Spector, huh? Who's Phil Spector? <laughs> who? who uh, what? I think it should be every year. I should just try to find the picture that most best represents you for any given year hmm. this year it was that one cool yeah what'll next year be jared i don't know oh boy oh yeah boy. how was your birthday did you do anything cool uh yeah i get i mean define cool did you watch any coo- uh watching cool movies or no. did you have did you have did, a fun dinner uh if by fun i mean something that you just really like and you're like i want to eat that on you know, my
0: birthday you know what i had for dinner on my birthday Hmm. I bought myself a grocery chicken. store roast chicken.
1: I thought you roast your chicken on your like. I, you do, roast I, it. I, I do. I do do that as well. But, so you're uh, like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna cut the cut it out here. I'm gonna treat myself. I'm to save buy myself
0: two hours of cook time and just have myself a uh, rotisserie chicken from the grocery store because it costs about the same and all and the how work's was it? done for you. Uh good. I I love chicken. I I could Mm -hmm. eat chicken all the time, and options were laid out. Hey, what would you like to do for your birthday dinner? And I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? I'm not special. I just want fucking chicken. It was was uh, delicious.
1: Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's what I mean. That's a special dinner. If it's special to you, Jarrett, it's Mm -hmm. special. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was your side? Uh, What? Rice. Rice? Yeah. Yeah, you're a big rice guy, right? I'm a rice boy. Can I tell you something that you should try next time? okay hmm. so first off as soon as that rotisserie chicken gets in the house immediately eat all of the skin eat all of the skin because it does not keep and when you heat it up again it gets all weird so the first oh, thing you I have just, to do i disagree is I mean, eat it, it, all of the skin it tastes pretty good uh,
0: microwaved that that the skin because it gives it that extra fat flavor that it just kind of reignites
1: mm, baby okay so but next time though you don't have to eat it all but take all of the skin off one of the breasts and just pop it in whole while it's still hot and see how that compares to reheating. <laughs> this reheat is reminding me of, uh, there's like this one story about the
0: WWE superstar Big Show. Apparently, oh, yeah. he, he had a phase where uh, he was just taking the skin off of KFC chicken buckets just mm-hmm. and just eating the skins. Just, yeah, <laughs> I, I've been known it's to do the this same thing. You need to, like, carb up, I guess.
1: You can ask Andy. I do the same thing all the time. <sighs> like a, One time like I was a at little, a party like, and like I a little kid.
0: Like a little kid. Skin's the best part, Jared. Oh, skin. Oh, I, it's the best no, dang part. Not, not about uh, fried chicken is a different thing. History, baked chicken, mmm. That skin's mm. great, but... Uh,
1: Yeah. This is is a really good episode of the uh, Food Freaks podcast here. Food Freaks? Okay. Well, my only other thing, and then we can move on to whatever. Yeah. Uh, Next time, uh, Andrea, next time you got to try this. Andrea always says it's my single dad dinner. And I say, hell yeah. Because when we would go to my dad's house, this was the dinner he would prepare. And it's like, it's my comfort food to a level where I, I, I want it all the time. And I've actually got Andrea into it too. So you buy rotisserie chicken. Then you buy a big pack of tortellinis, like th- those grocery store tortellinis, the four cheese, and you get a big thing of Alfredo sauce. So tortellinis and Alfredo, Ugh. and that rotisserie chicken. You put some garlic salt on that Ugh. shit. Ooh, girl. Some herbomare? You know about herbomare? Oh, baby. So hey, uh, are there? Mo- do we talk about movies on no. this thing? No, we don't. Okay.
0: You know, I did do the, the RJ on my birthday and this what else weekend did you do on your birthday. Derek? Played, I played board games, RJ. I played, Ooh, fucking nerd.
1: Played a bunch of two-player board games. I saw a bunch of people say that you were a huge nerd. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Um. Uh, what? I don't care what other people say. What about me? Especially
0: not you. Uh, well, you're a nerd. Yeah. Yeah. What did you play? Anything cool? Uh played the, this one game called Patchwork by uh oh,
1: I I've, I've heard of Patchwork. G-
0: game designer Uwe Rosenberg. Fantas- really good game. Uwe Bell? Uwe Bell. Ooh, no.
1: It's supposed to be a good uh two player game.
0: Yes. Per, yes, it's actually only for two players. So yeah, it does a pretty only. good job. Also played Sagrada, which was also really good. And Sagrada Seven Wonders Duel and uh, this other game called Spirit Island. What was the best one? Uh, actually, we then we wound up also playing uh, Century, uh, Spice Road. And I think that was the best game because that's the one that Chanel's been like, we should play that again. Spice world?
1: Spi- Road? Uh, Century, spice world, yeah, Centu-
0: spice world? Century. Spice Road? Century, uh, Spice Road. And right up there is mm-hmm. also Patchwork. Patchwork is great, and Sagrada is also very good. Like uh, She didn't care about Seven Wonders Duel. A little bit too much... Uh, plotting and like planning stuff out. She's like, nah, I'm not into that. And Spirit Island is just way too, too much of a video game
1: feeling game for her. Ah. Uh, do you, uh, you want to play Furia Dracula with me sometime? No one, well, will, no one's point, ever played it with me. Which copy are we going to play? Mine or yours?
0: Well, which version do you have? I think I have the fourth edition. No, I think you have the th- third. You have the third.
1: I also have the third. Well, so. They're, they're, a third and fourth are identical. Well, you call me when you want to play because I've never met anyone who's willing to play with me.
0: That, that game's like, it's kind of that weird thing, though, where like one guy's the bad guy and then the other three yeah, have to it's do a, it.
1: It's an all versus one. It's kind of like that Betrayers on the Hill, whatever it's yeah. called. Yeah, Betrayal at House on the Hill. I think you would like that, though, because you like being the bad guy. You play it so well in real life. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, board games are fun. Sure. Yeah.
0: They're interactive, not just... Watching movies all the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can do that. You could also play a video game or you could read a book. Hey, I finished uh, Doctor Sleep. Did it stink? I'm... Well, the ending seems like it came out of nowhere. Like, what? it's a 550 page book and it's building to this thing, and then it just kind of ends, and you're like, all right. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't. The movie will probably be good because of Flanagan, but mm. I don't know. I don't think it's not the best story ever i'd rather have something else
0: you R- know what i mean yeah rj we got emails how many a few, uh several
1: 10 because if we get 10 i have to read them nope okay
0: okay we'll hit it then first oh. up is from scott bailey
1: scott bailey is this a first time uh long time uh, i guess is this george bailey's brother Sup
0: what? <laughs> my name is Scott. I'm five foot okay. two, which means I'm your shortest fan. Well, that's you're the only podcast gotcha. I listen to. Nice. No other podcasts matter. Nice. I've been watching Red Dwarf on and off for the last year and a half. Cool. It's become my favorite show. I cool. live in the USA. I was which wondering, state? what is
1: foreign show? Foreign show? Yes have have we ever mentioned for a foreign show what what is foreign show i don't know what that is jerry I'm, I'm a little confused by the question to be honest um what is a foreign show i don't know well i mean it's a movie that comes from a country different from your own i guess right yeah right it's a matter of perspective yeah is that uh, all scott bailey has to say that is all scott bailey had to write well, hey, it's nice to hear from a new person. I'm uh, I'm glad you like the podcast, Scott. And uh, you know what? Red Dwarf's a pretty cool show. I've tried to get into Red Dwarf. I, I cannot get past the first episode. Uh, it maybe, well, maybe it gets better. You're probably watching it at the wrong time because I used to watch this show in like the middle of the night when I was uh like eight. And it seemed pretty good then. I wonder what state uh, Scott Bailey is from. The USA, RJ. Yeah, but what state? The United States? Hello. Oh, right. Red Dwarf's got that dude with that huge blockhead. That's pretty cool. Smegheads. I know that, that that's from Red Dwarf. Oh, is it? Yep. Nice. Well, it's, it's like I said, it's always good to hear from a new person. Yeah. I wonder what this foreign film thing is, but... I don't know.
0: Hmm. Like, I guess Red Dwarf is technically a foreign show show yeah it is it's from shores not our own heck yeah it's like how trailer park boys is a foreign show for others
1: oh yeah that's slice of slice of life Jarrett. slice of life mm-hmm.
0: next up sam sanchez sam sanchez man renowned hey guys wanting oh. to wish you a happy belated birthday Jarrett. Not sure what day it fell on, but I do know that I, too, celebrated a birthday in between Creeps episodes, so ours likely falls in the same five-day window and potentially same day. Mine was Friday the 30th. Wow, what was yours,
1: Jarrett? Friday the 30th. Oh, my God! Mm -hmm. That's pretty neat. You guys are birthday buddies.
0: Birthday twins.
1: I wonder if Sam had the uh, unfortunate luck like you did where your birthday was before school came back and no one could come to your party. I'm sure he
0: did. I'm sure he yeah. did. It's it's like one of the absolute worst days to have your birthday, because it's mm. like it's right before long weekends, which means other people were gone, and and you didn't get your your uh, birthday read right out in class by your teacher. You were always the forgotten
1: son. Mm. I mean, if if I was in your grade and you had invited me to your birthday, I wouldn't have ever been camping or on vacation. Just I just go. wouldn't have come. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 It sucked. Yeah. Well, I wonder. I mean,
0: it explains so much. Maybe that's why Sam fills his life too with purchases of DVDs and Blu-rays. It's possible try, try to quell that loneliness.
1: Definitely possible. You,
0: you, you try family and children and friends, and it just it just never never quite fills it. Does it? Jarrett, <laughs> now that check temper has begun. What temper Check timber. As in, like Czechoslovakia. Correct. I'm okay. likely going to be watching quite a few old Czech New Wave movies. And was actually curious because I just watched The Devil's Trap the other day and noticed mm-hmm. it was on RJ's watch list, which I was wondering how it even came about, or was RJ randomly adding stuff to his watch list?
1: Can you can you fill them in on uh, how my watch list works?
0: You see something, you say that sounds cool, and then you add it,
1: like that's... And then I completely forget where it came from or why yeah. I added yeah. it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, oh, I think the, the poster kind of looks like a Catholic alien movie. So oh, maybe that right. was why See? I added it. There you go. It's Like, I know it's not like a that. spaceship, but
0: yeah. If I had it's to recommend a, a Czech movie to check out, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd look into Happy End from 1967. Uh, did you know my mom
1: is Czechoslovakian? I didn't care. That's good wow. to know. It's good to know now, I suppose. Wow. Did you know other movies filmed in Chechia? That doesn't sound right. Snowpiercer, Casino Royale, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Other movies shot there but never married. Sure. Always a bridesmaid.
0: It's not necessarily the best, though I think it's great. Uh, but it's an idea that doesn't sound like it would work But I feel it does And this actually might answer a question from a recent episode About films mm-hmm. centered around a gimmick Happy End okay. is a dark comedy that the visuals all play in reverse The dialogue lines are reversed as well Wait a minute They are speaking minute. backwards But every line of dialogue is in reverse order If that makes sense Hmm I'm sure there was more stuff I wanted to address from last week But my memory sucks I need to start taking notes during your podcast
1: The depth and profundity merits it <laughs> i mean <laughs> the depth in the sense of sheer mass of content oh uh, yeah right yeah. yeah ass
0: keep on creeping quite- on thanks sam thank you sam nice to hear next up jackson
1: Act- actium jackson maximus yep do you think he gets annoyed by that
0: I don't we'll care we'll find out one day first yeah. and foremost I'm wishing Jared a happy belated birthday regarding wow. last week's question from Justin I'd say female prisoner scorpion jailhouse 41 is the best or my favorite at least exploitation film but my sky larking and sleaze is pretty surface level so far this was the rape mm-hmm. film from my video store experience. Regarding an adaptations gimmick, mm-hmm. I'd say its gimmick is being about making a movie as a gimmick is defined as a device intended to attract attention. And it seems okay. to be a key selling point in its originality.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, that makes sense,
0: right? <laughs> sure. That makes sense, right? I guess there's like yeah. the Nick Cage playing a fictional brother on top of the brother. And then there's the, there's like the, the levels of conceit that are all foisted onto that.
1: How many levels of conceit are in this podcast?
0: <sighs> many, too many, too many a question for Jarrett is in regards to the film La track, which I saw you think huh? highly of, what are your thoughts on this and how you'd come to find out about it? For Good RJ, question. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Mr. Majestic, a Bronson film I've yet to hear your opinion on. And mm. finally, what would you guys say your favorite exploitation subgenres are? Keep up the great work, Jackson. Thanks for the email, Jackson. Thank um, you for the email. First up, uh, for me, uh, LaTrack. So LaTrack, I'm pretty sure I first found out about from the uh, movie zine I've mentioned before, uh, Cinema Sewer from Robin Bougie. And it might have been like on a list of... Um, just like general recommendations of stuff that uh, Ram Bougie had been watching and coming across and being like, oh, it's a man hunts man type deal. That sounds decent. And then I do remember when I watched it, I uh, acquired a copy. And What do you won- mean acquired? Found. I found it, you know, out, out there in the world. And, sure. And uh, this was like the last movie I watched on Halloween night. Right okay. before bed, it's this... I had watched it on my laptop French subtitles. And mm-hmm. I was just like, so excited by this movie. Cause I, I love the tone of it, the setup. It's like everything I always love about like seventies thrillers and mm-hmm. like, no one's heard of this thing. And it like really, for me at the time delivered. And I was like, man, no one's like, no one's seen this. and It's not available anywhere. Like just, you can't just order it online and buy a copy of it. And mm-hmm. to this day, it still remains completely unreleased. And, um, I Probably my my five-star review I think I gave of it or whatever star rating uh, was probably overcompensating for the fact that I really think people should watch it or hear something about this movie because it's like this obscure French thriller from 1975 that I guess Warner Brothers has the rights to. Mm -hmm. And there was maybe supposed to be a release of it in France at some point, but I don't think it ever came. And uh, so it just continues to linger in obscurity, but... Yeah, I, I mean, I'd want to watch it again to see if it uh, holds up as much. But at the time, just like watching this movie that was kind of like a hidden gem that you don't see very many people watch, and it's hard to track down, it added to its like mystique of like coming across something and you're like, wow, this is like my own little thing. But who? RJ.
1: Yeah. What, what were your thoughts on the watermelon salesman, <laughs> Mister Majestic's watermelons? Mister Majestic. Mister Majestic. Uh, yeah, this movie's awesome. Uh, it's been. Quite a while since I've seen it, actually. Uh, I just remember he's pretty passionate about his watermelons. Mm -hmm. He's like, they were my melons. Uh, When people kind of go through, I think people like mess up his melons and they're like, why do you care so much? He's like, they were my melons. (laughs) And it's just very matter of factly. It's it's very Bronson-like. Yeah. And uh, I mean, these guys go after his melons and then uh, Bronson goes on a Death Wish style vendetta. And he's like, you know what? Fuck these dudes. Uh, There's a pretty spectacular scene at the end, too, where I think charles bronson like jackrabbits, out of a the back of a car like through the window and it looks it's not like sped up but it's definitely he's moving faster than a normal human should maybe he's got that quick twitch in his muscles you know that quick twitch jared I, I think you've talked about
0: that when talking about football and then
1: i roll my eyes and i go uh-huh. hey this is a, a thing that if you google it it is a uh, accepted fact about muscles apparently I'm I'm just the messenger, you guys. Uh, yeah, Mr. Majest- Majestic's awesome. It's been a while since I watched it, but he mm-hmm. has got too. some good melons. Yeah,
0: and uh, Elmore Leonard wrote it, and uh, that's cool. It's got a, a vintage Elmore Leonard villain in it. Very that's cool. Very, very a good time. And as All far there, as uh, yeah.
1: favorite exploitation subgenres, um, I I like the movies that exploit nice things like. Teddy bears, hmm. just like a really friendly thing, Jared. All right here's a here's a list to maybe here's guys a real on. answer.
0: Biker exploitation films. How do you feel
1: about those? Okay. Like cyclists or like motorbikes? Bikers. Uh, I could take it or leave it. Blacks exploitation. Uh, well, the few that I've seen, like Blackula, that was actually really good. So yeah, yeah.
0: Blacksploitation. exploitation's got there's some choice stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, cannibal exploitation, cannibal films, I guess is just its own general thing. There's like yeah. one good cannibal film and then there's the others. Cannibal Zer- or Xerox no, Hol- or whatever. Holocaust is the good one. Not, it's not Xerox.
1: Oh, okay. Fair ox. The... sorry. Yeah, but you got to watch the uh, animal violence
0: free version, correct? No, that's that's definitely for the uh, RJs in the crowd, but. Made it way more enjoyable on my end. Mm-hmm. And then there's a uh, canuck exploitation. Mhm. Some some Canadiana, which I mean is pretty broad. Like Trailer uh, Park Boys? Argue I mean, mm, is that exploiting the Canadianness of Ricky and Julian and Bubbles?
1: I guess. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, car exploitation. Like The Car and Christine or like American Graffiti.
0: Mhm. Let's see what they're uh, what they're saying here. It seems like that crosses over into a lot of other things. Car exploitation. I guess it's like the racing movies. I guess which of which uh, there are some future creeps at least in there. Two lane blacktop, like Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, Death Race Two Thousand, Vanishing Thunderbolt Point, Lightning Foot, the Cars that ate Paris, Cannonball, mm. Mad Max, and of course Baby Driver. No. No, that's. Oh, a awesome. movie. I've never heard of this actually. The Shambara films, which are the like Lone, wolf, lo, lone wolf and Cub, Lady Snowblood, Hanzo the Razor type movies. That's which, exploitation. Hey, it's listed in this list. I mean, that kind of falls into like the pinky violence stuff. Which uh... then there's like crossover. Uh, Jackson mentioned female uh, scorpion, which is like women in prison, but it's like the Japanese mm. strain of that stuff. Sure. There's not like a ton of really good ones. Ah, there's so many. Nunsploitation. There's. Uh,
1: What's your favorite, Jared? Just, I don't, I don't know. I'm just answer going the question. It's tough.
0: Because there's like, there's the good ones and then the rest all stink.
1: The good ones and the rest all stink. How, how, how about
0: red exploitation, RJ? Exploiting uh, like, are you talking about the, the red man? Yes. Exploiting
1: of the Native American. D. Well, hey, that's that, that term doesn't fly up here in Canada. That's an American term, friend. Mm hmm. Friendo. uh yeah, I watched. Remember that movie I watched with the not alive anymore Kirk Douglas Indian fighter? Yep. That that's got to be red exploitation. Well, Except that, there was a there was just the, that's just a regular old western. There there was many Italians in that movie though. Oh, of course uh, there was playing mm-hmm. the uh, the red man. So how about sex exploitation? What does that mean?
0: Sex is exploited. Like Nymphomaniac? Like Faster Pussycat, Kill, Kill. Like Russ Meyer movies or oh, Super Vixens. Mm, I guess.
1: Sure. Sure. Sp- spaghetti Westerns. I like toilet mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Movies that abuse the use of toilets, I guess. Splatter films. I don't know. This is something that uh, I don't really know a lot about. There's so, so
0: many so many I guess like I mean for my uh, my own personal list I've made like uh, vet exploitation and exploitation. Mm-hmm. those are uh, those are good times mm-hmm. there's, some, mm-hmm. there's some stink but that's the fun of going through exploitation movies is digging out some good stuff every once in a while yeah I mean you can sometimes you can it takes a lot of work and boy does it just grind on you does it ever pay off just like RJ huh what Onward and forward. Mr. George. Majestic. Georgi Hosheimer. Hosheimer.
1: George Hosheimer? Our Lithuanian friend? Hosheimer from Lithuania. Yes.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. Hey, guys. With all the mm-hmm. recent celebrations of marriages and birthdays, we didn't spend much time on what I believe was the birthday of the podcast itself. I did some digging around, <gasps> mm-hmm. checking and upload dates on YouTube, SoundCloud, and Apple, and think the 4th of July of August is the anniversary of the one and only Criterion podcast. Since this it was your true. third birthday, I proposed celebratory viewings for all the fans of The Third Man, Three Billboards, or <laughs> Three Men and a Baby. Ooh, that one. Do that one. <laughs> By the way, I hope this was one of the ten emails you received, so that Jared is relieved of his email reading task for
1: once. Creep wow, it up. they actually tried. They tried, but they tried. Failed, 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 failed. I guess they got to try again. Like even it even brought new friends of the show, George Bailey, out to uh, try <laughs> to uh, boost to juke the numbers up to ten. But maybe we'll get them next week, Jared. Maybe, maybe. Not even a, not even a frank in sight. What for right now? No. He's always under the wire, though.
0: Yeah, he might be be thinking we're recording at our summertime, but it's no longer summer. Mm,
1: School's in. We're an hour earlier, my dudes. (sighs) Finally, Justin Peterson.
0: There he is. With an email entitled, It's not rabbit season, it's hurricane season. Hey there, Jared and RJ. What's happening? Hi. In the southeast United States, we're just hunkering down as we wait to see how bad the impact of Hurricane Dorian will be. Crazy how when these kinds of storms come as a kid, I was excited to see all the crazy weather, but now as a homeowner, I want them to stay as far away as possible to avoid dealing with any storm damage.
1: Yeah, no shit. Well, Justin, (laughs) is he in North or South Carolina? I can't remember. I'm a bad guy. Uh, North? I think it was North. isn't right. I, I'm a I'm a bad guy. I told you I don't pay attention, but yeah. I didn't realize they were in that hur- hurricane path. But well, that it's, sucks, it's, dude. It's,
0: it's going up the side. It didn't didn't yeah. go into the Gulf. It's what it does usually. But well, I stay safe, brother. Di- believe it's diminished. Which one?
1: The the hurricane. Oh, not the Carolina well, I mean, it's first first like class five hurricane that we've ever seen, Jarrett. Allegedly. Allegedly.
0: Yeah. I may have to put on the silly but fun disaster movie Twister
1: to mark the occasion. Not, Can I tell you something? Sharknado. Can I tell you something personal about me? Yeah. When Twister came out, and when did Twister come out? 95? 95. 95? I think. Uh, my parents took me to see that. When I was five years old Uh oh And that movie Scared, scared the shit me. of you the living shit Out of me Where like Honest to god I thought a tornado Was gonna rip through My fucking head I 96, was like, 96 Yeah so six years old Like every day the, Like every hour of the day I was living like out oh, on, fuck. Living out here On the prairies every, every time There was like, like that uh, Yeah
0: there was like This window of time I remember There was like Tornado warnings And you'd hear about it On the radio It's like oh There's a There's a big tornado They saw it out In your taber it's, like it's, really, over, it's, 40, it's it's only forty. It's only forty minutes it's away. It's going to make all make its way all the way from here. Who knows? It will mm. touch down, and then we'll be all my stuff will be torn from me, including my life.
1: Yeah, yeah it's scary stuff, Jarrett. Very scary.
0: Which is a serious guilty pleasure for me and had me drawing tornadoes in my school notebooks for years after watching it, and even nice. made the idea of storm chasing a possible career option during my middle school years. Are you guys nice. fans of this movie?
1: RJ, are you a fan of this movie that scared the shit out of you? I'll never watch it again. That movie, like, it, it scared the living shit out of me. It, it's horrifying. <laughs> like, like a child's play. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to watch that either. You can watch all those movies. I don't want to. Yeah, I, I know
0: that. you oh. claim they're good, I th- but I think I. Yeah, I saw I saw Twister in theater. Um, I Big remember of the the Shania Twain music video using With uh, Twister. Yeah, using the. Do you remember that Garth
1: Brooks music video?
0: <laughs> Which one?
1: Standing outside the fire. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a good one too. Controversial goat movie
0: question of the week. Oh, baby. What would you say is your greatest of all time epic movie? I know this is a fairly subjective category since this term can be given uh-huh. to movies stretching anywhere from two and a half hours to up to eight hours. For movies like the combined Lord of the Rings trilogy or something more serious like future Creep show up. Personally, I love nope, the challenges of one. watching long films or ones that are just epic in scope. Titles that come to mind for me are all-time bangers like Lawrence of Arabia, Braveheart, and then more recent Criterion Watches for me like Ran and War and Peace. Mm. Interesting.
1: Any, Interesting. Any, uh, any picks? Well, I just went to my five-star affairs and I sorted by film length as Letterbox allows me to do. Mm-hmm. You know what my number one is? Twin Peaks: The Return. Uh, I, I was gonna say that that's uh, eighteen hours long. The next real movie, because there's Planet Earth in there, then there's Lasagna Cats, mm-hmm. uh, Lawrence in Arabia, Seven Samurai, JFK, Casino, Fanny and Alexandra. I did watch that five-hour version. Is, mm-hmm. Does that count as an epic? I I would say that like I would, or just I'd, like long. I would
0: say it's like the the grand of scope adventure movies are kind of more. When I think of epic movies, I think of like. Adventure rather than Fanny and Alexander, which I is like mm. I think an all time banger of a movie. But I don't know if I would call yes. it the epic movie. That when if you're talking to regular folks,
1: they would be like Braveheart. So Lawrence of, of Arabia is probably up there, but I mean, Fishing with John is also pretty long. <laughs> it's pretty long, and they it's epic. They do a lot of traveling, Jared. <laughs> and they what got about and Master people, and people? Commander? Ooh, that's that's an epic, right?
0: It's like a. It's, kind of like, it's also like kind of a revenge movie. And it's a science movie. Science oh, movie, so good, folks. Complicated biology. I just gotta throw it out
1: there. You, you should be all watching Master and Commander. Pretty much everyone should be watching Master and Commander. And if you haven't, no, you're bad. Yeah, you are
0: you're bad. bad, dude. Uh, yeah, I mean Lawrence of Arabia. When I saw that in a theater a few years ago, that was pretty awesome. It really demonstrated how important it is to watch movies in scale.
1: Hey, I saw our local theater is having one of the. They sometimes do those events, and uh, there's something in. Let's look at classic films, Jarrett, because that's where you watched it, right? Classic film event. Okay, what do we got coming up? Ooh, Legends of the Fall next week. What? (laughs) What? Wow, huge huge i i can only imagine i can't that's I, can, I can't because it think was filmed of, here
0: yeah i can't think of very many films that uh best or better examples that really take full advantage of the form the medium <laughs> as a uh, legend the the edwards
1: fall. wick classic legends of yeah. the fall brad pitt bart uh, the bear <laughs> oh baby uh next up october 18th silence of the lambs Cre- creeps fame oh baby shit when's that it says October 18th. Oh, fuck. These ones, though, these are, like, kind of... Sometimes they say that they're coming, but they don't. But they don't play Lethbridge. Yeah. Mm. And, like, it's kind of difficult. So then that one would be worth seeing. The next I, absolutely. One after, I, I'm, i
0: like, all aboard on that one.
1: November's is Godfather Part 2.
0: <laughs> okay. And not, uh, not
1: December's is Christmas Story. They used to do something here that was really cool, where it was, like, at... Uh, at Halloween, they would do double bills of like the Mummy and the Wolfman, the Wolfman and stuff like that. And I actually really enjoyed going to that. I think I, I watched Jaws there uh, a couple creep tobers ago. Um, they used to do that a lot. So I guess this year's is the Silence of the Lambs, but it'll it's debatable if we'll get it or not. Oh, I'll check it out. I was so mad
0: because I when I went to see uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I found mm-hmm. out that the night before uh, the theater chain was playing Jaws. I was like, oh, here? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, don't know. I see. Want- this is the thing, though. I'm not 100 percent sure if it actually played here, but the the theater chain was playing it, which doesn't mean anything. But I was like, what? Oh. I don't even want to know. Yeah, I mean, I saw Jaws at the theater here, and it was awesome. It was Son wicked. A bitch. Finally.
1: What were we talking about? Epics. Did you have one? I, I think I rattled off a few. No. Let's go with Master and Commander. That's a cool show. Cool. Finally, I'm curious to hear about your
0: movie watching process. How often do you aim to watch a movie? Uh, Do you like to pick movies randomly or stick to a watch list? Are there any movies you want to see that you have been putting off for far too long? Yes, 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 and yes. yes. (laughs) I I don't know. Um, I've been having the problem this past week of really not having the urge to watch movies uh, because I've been having fun fun playing board games. And then it's like, and I feel like if I was like, I have to watch, I have to make myself watch a movie. And if I'm in that mindset, whatever I'm going to watch, it better be like absolutely amazing or I'm not going to give it its fair shake. So I, there's definitely like, I don't know. It's kind of weird doing a movie podcast where it should be all you should should be doing is thinking about and breathing movies and cinema. But mm,
1: after you do it for a while, you're like, "I, I need to take a little bit of a break. Pace myself. I agree. I agree completely. Yeah, I don't know. I I have a list, and I have things that I want to watch. And October and, is
0: fast approaching.
1: Yeah, that's another thing too. I'm trying. I imagine you're the same as me, you're trying to pace yourself for what that's going to be like. Uh, I don't know if it'll be a record year or anything like that, but you know, it's a it's a big investment for us. So you know, we're gonna see what we're gonna do. I don't know. I got stuff in my list. I got stuff that I want to watch. I got stuff that. I've been putting off watching. I don't know just depends on time yeah whatever and what uh, I can fit in suits your fancy. I'm gonna suit your fancy if you want.
0: personally, I am oh. uh, I aim to watch at least a movie a day. Well, I keep a watch list, it is frequently getting shuffled around, and I often let random movies I hear about on podcasts like yours sneak their way to the top. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and I agree. the movie that has been on my watch list for the longest time that I finally need to check out is Past Creep Spine number one, Grand Illusion. You don't need to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. You I, I, I should check it out, though. I mean, it's, it's number I mean, one, it's RJ. It's number one. It's number one. Does that mean it's good? It's the first. Yeah, right. Thanks for the time creeps and have a great show. We yeah. hope to.
1: I I mean, I don't know, Jackson Jackson hasn't uh, rated our last week Uh-oh. so it must not have been an all-time banger because <laughs> he went 2 weeks in a row said they were really good and then this week he you know he didn't say nothing. Oh. Didn't say nothing. Uh yeah, it's nice <laughs> to hear from our friends, our close personal friends and yeah, I don't know, I would love to watch a movie a day, but uh it it never happens for me. And I've, I've mentioned before, I watch TV. Because sometimes I just want to watch, like, two or three episodes of a TV show. And you just throw that shit on and you can relax. It's but I was a TV and... kid. <laughs> you were a TV kid too, Jarrett. I was, but I don't watch TV at all. I saw um, that Disney Plus is going to have all the Simpsons. But is that just Hulu? Or is that everywhere? Because they bought Fox, right? So... You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if it gets if it gets the full gamut of The Simpsons, that may be worth investing. My huh. Friend. Huh. And, yeah. yeah. I don't know.
0: You ever watch The Simpsons, Jared? Yeah, I've, I've watched an episode here and there. Was it good? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I like it, too.
0: It's pretty good. Hey, RJ. Um, what? what?
1: What you been creeping on this week? Well, uh, as we've mentioned before, not much. I mean, stuff happens. I saw you watch that Dave Chappelle special. I did. I did. It's mostly Dave Chappelle uh, for an hour and a half talking about stuff that other people aren't allowed to talk about. And he's just like, he's like, everyone's all scared about talking about LGBTQ, but I'm going to talk about it. And then he says, everyone's scared about talking about me too, but I'm going to talk about it. And his big thing is, he's like, I don't really give a shit. And, uh... I got to say, for certain things, I'm obliged to agree with them where all the comedians that are like, people are, it's like comedy's too politically correct. We should be allowed to make fun of some stuff. And uh, I'm sure it's not new. Lots of comedians talk about this now where they're like, man, can't say anything. It sucks. And then people get all in esteem. They're like, do you really want to make jokes about this? And it's like, well, some, some of that stuff is funny. Like, not people getting, like, raped or anything. Like, not that kind of stuff. But, you know, certain things. Like, Ricky Gervais goes on a big thing about how he was making fun of, like, nut allergies. And he got, like, just completely, like, assaulted by people <laughs> online about his, like, my daughter has a nut allergy. She'll die. And he's like, fuck, relax. He's like, it's a joke. He's like, I'm not going to, like, throw peanuts at her. Cool it. You know, Jerm? It's okay. Uh, I think those other things that he was doing before were better. It's, it's mostly just him kind of like talking about stuff that he's into. I I mean, that's all stand up really is. Right. But pretty much. Yeah. It's, uh, it's all right. It's got some good stuff in there. I had some good laughs. Mm -hmm. I had some good cries. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Do you want to hear more about Dave Chappelle? Uh, whatever you want to tell me, I guess. I don't really have more to say, to be honest. It's okay. Very well.
0: I like stand up. I just saw that of course people it, it seems like uh the, the, the life of the stand up comedian is one of mm. just like constant like bullshit. Like, it's like why why would well, anyone that's what do, why would anyone about. even want to do this job anymore? It just seems like it's, it's like you're just dealing with all this other part of your job is like essentially you're an entertainer. Yep. At the end of it. And I guess it's like, you know what? If, if you're not
1: entertained, you just move along. I, well that's kinda his point too. He's just like He's like, this is our job is to, like, make fun of stuff. He's like, not. this is how it's always been. It's like, everyone's got to relax. He does say a few things, though, that you're kind of like,
0: oh, well.
1: <laughs> and then, like, if you watch the crowd, there are, there's a lot of moments where you can see visible discomfort on uh, some of the crowd. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, whoo. I mean, I don't care because I don't care about anything. But, uh, are you a, know. Are you a nihilist? Yeah. I believe in nothing. I'm flee from uh, red hot chili peppers. I believe in nothing, Jer. I saw someone was like, uh, or not. saw. I heard someone, I can't remember who it was one time said that nihilists aren't real because if they were, they would just kill themselves. And That's I was like, not true. Well, I mean, I don't want so to some, die, some but I, them, st- I still, I still think
0: life has no meaning. So some people play out that, that
1: element they do. Sure. And then, and then you don't hear about from them anymore. Just because uh, no one's life has meaning doesn't mean that we can, can't make the best of it? Or is that op- opposing of nihilism? Well, there's like... like a, nothing
0: matters. There's a, there's a dark strain of uh, Buddhism that takes you down that route, for one thing.
1: It's all covered in
0: that, um, what's his name, Thomas Ligotti. He wrote that book, oh, of Conspiracy they, Against the Human
1: Race. Mm-hmm. That yep. guy whose fans are insufferable. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, can, I, I Yeah, his type of
0: thinking and writing would definitely appeal to the m'lady the crowd, crowd the
1: redditors, the reddit the reddit crowd where Red, every reddit, fucking person reddit, on reddit tops have you read house of leaves have you read thomas lagatti have you read this and it's like holy fuck you guys need like something new to put your time into someone used to write something as good as the master writes Ah, uh, it's so weird fiction have you read Thomas Ligotti's weird fiction? I hate that term more than anything I've ever, ever come across. RJ, have you read any Thomas Ligotti? No. It's good. But I know, well, I'm sure it is. but I,
0: I mean, I've read uh, short stories and they're uh, pretty. I love they're Fight Club. I like them. What about Fight Club? Yeah, I've never read anything that I really liked by uh, Chuck.
1: Old Chuck? Uh, Old Chuck?
0: The one story of his in that haunted book uh, about the swimming pool. Uh, that's like fine. But the, the whole conceit of that book is so dorky.
1: Yeah, everyone says that that book everyone it's always that's another book that always what's the grossest book you ever read and it's like haunted by Chuck Palahniuk totally. And just like this voice, this, this voice. of yours this, that's, per, this have persona is man on Reddit. Have you ever let me
0: tell you me tell Nolan films Nolan films
1: um okay. excuse me <laughs>
0: uh, have you have you watched whiplash yet <laughs>
1: oh uh excuse me jared these aren't the baby drivers of the world okay mm. my opinion is right yeah other opinions are wrong fair you watch anything else this week yeah i watched street walking street walking <laughs> Walking. street by joan freeman uh was it last week you were talking about street- yeah because i was talking about vice squad and it yeah. was like
0: Streetwalking's like an, a companion piece. Uh,
1: yeah, so that's that was why I knew you talked about it, but yeah. I was like, when were we talking about Streetwalking? About an- Antoine Donnell? Yeah. You're right. So the reason I watched this, Jarrett, is because it was 80 minutes long. It's that sweet spot. And it was readily available on Amazon Prime, starring Melissa Leo, hit actress from the Kevin Smith smith movie red state you remember that movie jared sure do sure do i do remember you, she was on the poster uh, and that she was only in that movie for like five seconds Yeah, you
0: know what she's also in though she was in uh homicide
1: life on the street life on the street that awesome tv show you should watch sometime uh i might it's really so good she she plays cookie jared yeah and uh her, her and her brother they arrive on the bus they arrive and is it the rotten apple i believe i believe so yeah so they arrive at the Rotten Apple, and there's mention of leaving their abusive yep. parents behind. Yeah, there's phone calls in telephone yeah. booths. Mm-hmm. And then you jump a little bit mm-hmm. to Cookie, work in the street, baby. Street. Because, walk in. street. Walk it. There's a really, the intro has this awesome song. It's just like, street. Walk it. And you're like, yeah. Um, and, and you're like, so, yeah, I like horrors. Someone's got to sound soundbite that quote jared duncan i'm not even going to repeat it because i can get taken out of context even though this is a character i play for the podcast i can't repeat the things you say uh street walking so cookie she's walking the street baby and she's got a pimp his name's duke he actually reminded me a lot of you you guys have a <laughs> lot of the same kind of mannerisms uh so she's got this pimp named duke duke beats a lot of women up <laughs> And oh, he abuses a lot of women. That's the, isn't that the same thing? A variety, uh, a variety of ways. Does he have a pimp stick? That's you know, it depends on how you define stick. It's attached to him that oh. he pimps. You see what I mean? So Cookie's trying her best for her and her like thirteen year old brother, who is like when you first see this kid, uh, like once she's a whore,
0: <laughs> this kid. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, okay. they say it, not me. So, like, once she's a prostitute, a sex, sex worker. Once she's a sex Please. worker, uh, she comes home to her brother, and he's, like, in the kitchen, and he's suddenly, like, a 45-year-old Italian man. And he's like, what are you doing out there? Huh? Give me a cookie. I want a little cookie. And it's like, give me 10 bucks for the movies. Oh. And he's, like, talking to her. He's like it's it's very strange he's like well that guy you got home here what a piece of work that guy you had it coming the way he was treating you and i was watching i was like is this kid supposed to be 13 like what's going on with this kid it's very bizarre here so cookie she lives with one of the other sex workers and she comes home one day and this other sex worker got into a fight with duke and duke beat her up man beat her up bad
0: pimps are always beating up their hoes, though that's like that's kind of the central theme of these films
1: yeah exactly sadly so uh cookie's like oh shit so cookie takes a girlfriend to the hospital and then she talks to i think one of her regulars um it like i don't know if it's implied that he's a rival pimp but he's he's definitely like one of her regulars and this guy's like you know what baby i'll take care of duke Don't worry about it. So uh, they kidnap Duke in front of her. And and, he knows Cookie set it up. So these guys take Duke out. They try to whack him, Jarrett. But he gets away in a fit of madness. Uh, You get to see some real fighting in this where people are just like sloppily mashing their bodies into each other. And it's kind of like it looks goofy. But it's like that's how people really fight. A lot of people don't know how to fight. Yeah, so they kind of just like true, kind of like just whip their bodies around. So I thought it was actually super authentic the fight scenes in this. Duke gets away and he is in a death wish style vendetta against Cookie, and uh, he goes on a tear where he's taking out pimps and whores left and right, looking for Cookie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Cookie's on the side; she doesn't know Duke's coming. She gets into her own kind of things. You see her with some Johns. You see her with some regular folk all on the side. Duke is tracking her down and he is he's got he's got uh, he's got something to prove. You know, Jared, he doesn't like no doll trying to show him what's what. Know what I mean? No, well, of course. You know what I mean? Uh, I think *Streetwalking* is pretty good show. Mm-hmm. It's. Like I said, it it seems kind of authentic. Like, is that what it's like for sex workers? It's probably a lot worse, but uh, they don't sugarcoat it at all. Dude's coming in, beating them up. And like, there's the guys that obviously are weird and the other sex workers are sticking up for each other. And they're like, don't go with that fucking weirdo. He's going to kill you. Uh, There is a strong feminist message in this between the sex workers where it's like, you know what? This is just a job. It's like we'll get through this we'll, we''ll and we'll come out on the other side and they kind of band together Jared you mm-hmm. know what I mean mm-hmm. this movie's got a good look too uh all the streets look real and lived in and one of the things that I liked a lot were the street lights like the green lights really stand out and it's like this pop of color that's coming out of the, in through the screen so streetwalkings it's not bad show man it's good. not bad show at all good. What do you think about Street walking? Streetwalking?
0: walking uh, it's good. Like I yep. said, like it's been a while since I saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got that DVD because it. it's uh, that Roger Corman distribute, mm-hmm. distributed it, I guess. Sure. And uh, yeah, it's a
1: it's a sleazy good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like it's not something that I'd say anyone should rush out to watch. <laughs> If you're in the mood to watch a Jarrett Duncan-style pimp named Duke beat people up, walking's the movie for you. Why wouldn't
0: you want to watch a movie like that now that you've well, sold it this
1: way? Now that I've sold, just summarized it completely. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, if you want to watch a movie with that vibe, it's pretty good. There's definitely way worse. It's not bad. Great. I like Streetwalking. Great. Streetwalking. So that's what I watched, Jarrett. You ever heard of street walking? Yep. Uh, You know
0: what I just remembered, speaking about crime, was last week Frank was talking about crime podcasts. Oh, sure. And I was talking about the one that's got the Deep Voice guy. Uh, I thought it was another show, but in fact it is last podcast on the left. And then the other one is actually done by one of the dude's sisters, and that's Page
1: Seven, I believe is what it's called. What does Page Seven mean?
0: And I don't know, crime page or something in the newspaper, maybe.
1: What's a page seven? What's
0: it? You should be asking, what's a newspaper? Hey, what's a paper? Oh, so I watched Penelope <sighs> Spheres's Suburbia, RJ. Penelope
1: Spheres, director of Wayne's World and Little Rascals
0: and Little Rascals and, and Decline of Western Civilization.
1: And senseless, and thunder, the, and mud. This,
0: this little bad boy from the year I was uh-huh. born in 1983. This film uh, is on the Criterion Channel, so I was like, "Why, why, hot dog? I, I should watch something. What a this, I should watch something this weekend, so I have something to talk about right now." And so mm-hmm. I did. Fittingly, this movie uh, co-stars Flea from
1: the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Does he believe in nothing?
0: No, he he has a rat. He has a pet rat that at Does one he point he fillets. He what? He fillets this rat like mm-hmm. he like, lost me, man. He's, he's like kissing this rat, and then at some point he's like puts the rat into his mouth. And I was like, huh?
1: You lost me, dude. I bring it up with Flea. F- you lost me, man. Oh, Flea's a bad dude. Oh, he believes in th- nothing, th- th- man.
0: Th- that's the. Uh... The cherry, though, RJ, because there's a a whole lot of animal abuse in this film. My goodness! What? Why? It's like an some, some gummo-style dead cats that uh <sighs> that are uh, uh taken. No, there's like some seeds that like Chanel was watching this with me, and we were like, whoa! Involving so there's like so the whole plot of this movie is uh it's all these kids who are abandoned by shitty parents. They're all like Roseanne kids. But they have all decided to leave their homes Mm -hmm. and, like, go out to these abandoned suburbs in some, like, county of Los Angeles, and they band together. Uh, And amongst these, like, abandoned homes that were, like, just, like, pre-developed or whatever, and then nobody actually bought them, Mm -hmm. uh, there's, like, packs of roving dogs, Dobermans that are just mauling children to death and just running running around in packs chasing after cars. And there's these, like, really cool shots of just these dogs running wild. Uh, But then there comes a bit where these, like, hicks come through who are like, oh, I just want to protect my community. Uh, No one's like, the cops aren't doing their job. I just, I want to, you know, like real people, real shit Mm -hmm. heels. And there's this scene of them like driving around and shooting these wild dogs. And the Mm. way that they execute this sequence is there's like, they've, they have these dogs running, but they've put like leashes on them. And so the dogs are running at full speed. And then the dogs take full on headers and I'm like, what the Jared. fuck? I, I was like, uh, that's cool. Because I'm like, oh, we're trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Because these things were going down real hard and fast. And I'm like, yeah, oh, you can see the string. You can see this rope of whatever this gimmick mm. is. And I'm like, that's weird. Um, so despite
1: all those things, I really like this movie. Mm. Of course you do. <laughs> It's such a Jared movie. Uh, there's like a hundred animals just getting abused in this. It's my favorite movie. Yeah, five stars. <laughs> See, that's why you're Duke from Streetwalking.
0: Uh, See? Do you get it now? I have to like over-like movies to make up for you. <laughs> it's the, you no, you, you don't. You, I, I'm the balance. You don't have
1: to like anything. I'm,
0: I'm the balance to you, you know? I just to, call I to, it like it is. I, I got to get the word out on these movies. So, yeah, Tell Suburbia... <laughs> This movie is just like a bunch of kids uh, who are against the world, causing ha- mm. stealing food out of people's uh, garages. And then there's this, like, mounting thing, though, with these fucking asshole dudes who are just, like, trying to make the world better for ourselves. And, uh, oh, they're so they're, they're so Shameful. annoying. You get it like it all builds this big fight between the kids and these dudes. It's so good. I loved it. I love that Shameful. part. Shameful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this movie's got dead kids, abused animals. It's all the best things in life. I never thought I'd see the danger from the director of Little Rascals. Allegedly. And then RJ. Yes. I followed this up because you know what? The, the The next day, I was going back to work at a school, and I thought to myself, "I think t- the today's the day that I watch Back to School from 1986 it's about st- starring damn time Rodney Dangerfield. It's about time, my friend. Have you ever seen Back to School?
1: Hell yeah, I've seen Back to School.
0: And uh, when was the last time you watched Back to School? I don't know, probably like 20 years ago. <laughs> pod- I think it
1: was on at like 2 a.m. one time so, when I was
0: like 10 or 11, so you, and I watched you it. Really don't remember it.
1: Not really, but yeah. I I know Rodney Dangerfield. Wow. He's a
0: a real person. He's a real person, and uh, he's well, he's a persona. He's definitely a character. He's a gimmick. And Does he go back to school? Yeah, he goes back to school. So this guy, so he's um He's, oh. he's this guy who runs. What is he doing? He's like a self made millionaire. He took over his father's uh, tall and fat clothing store. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So there's lots of uh, great. Gr- cabbage. Great old fat uh, jokes in this. I uh, know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, uh, not cabbage patch kids. I think it's water. Melon Patch Kids, what? Just, yeah, that's what they're called. Melon Patch Kids, because they're, they're it's all about fat kids and like oh, there's so many fat jokes. It's so it's so 1986. It's very you, isn't it? Yeah, there's this great ad and like where it's just like you know they're letting uh Rodney have some room to breathe and just riff and just call people fat and uh, it just builds and builds and then it's like oh yeah, that's just giving all his employees that work in the boardroom they're all fat. And uh, he's mm-hmm. got this son that he's he's off at college, and he thinks he's doing great, but the kid's dropped out because he's just not feeling it. Uh, so, Rodney Dangerfield he arrives saying, "What's what's going on here?" Uh, and then he's like, "Well, hey, if you go back to school, I'm gonna go to school too." That's, that's, I'm going
1: back to school. That's that's
0: this that's the gimmick, and uh, it's got M Emmett Walsh and Ned Beatty. It's like all these guys that kind of look like Rodney Dangerfield. All of America's <laughs> great fat character actors. They're all I guess is uh, John Lovitz in it. Um, uh, no, he wasn't a th- he wasn't quite. He was still on SNL probably at this point. He wasn't really there yet. Mm. No, no Wayne Knight though. So, like it's, too, it's too early. It's
1: too early too for early the, for the good fat man.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, not even a John Goodman. What? I mean, he's super skinny now, though. And now. Did you know? Now. Yes. So back to school. It's it's kind of like a, a snobs versus or slobs versus snobs type of movie. Mm-hmm. His uh, wife, Adrian Barbeau. They have a divorce right off the bat that clears him of like being able to fandangle some ladies. To, to do what? Sorry. Make uh, you know molest them and uh, oh, okay hit on them. You used a different word. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh this movie does exactly what you expect it didn't offend me it didn't annoy me but it definitely at times felt like this is uh how presidents go on to become presidents this sort of like unchecked like this guy he knows he's a straight shooter he knows business he knows better than egghead academics about business <laughs> and it just kind of goes from there and uh Of course, you can't movies written to show him as like this great man. So, of course, he's the hero. And apparently, oh, there's a bit where his son—he's uh, in the swim club—and of course they have to do uh, inserts with his son doing like backflips and stuff off the diving boards. But then we're supposed to believe that Rodney Dangerfield is also this great athlete, and so we have these things where his st- stunt double—that is so bad, like even in standard definition—it's a horrible, horrible stunt dump, uh, stunt uh, double, just doing all these backflips, and you're like, wow, he's such
1: a great athlete. I can't believe it. He's so talented. Do you think we could get stunt doubles to do? Do the show stuff for us. Yeah. or just people to come in to be better. Like, well, like they, right oh. now I would step out and someone would come in and like, just give really yeah, good like, material. You'd be like,
0: hi, RJ. Like, yeah. Hey, oh, hi.
1: Yeah.
0: Hello.
1: I hope that I'm, your I'm replacement doesn't it. sound
0: like that. Oh, hello. Yeah. I heard so. you
1: love the impressions. I do. Yeah. They're timeless. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's all I watched. That's it. That's fine, man. 80, I'm an '80s kid hey, now. Hey, you know, it's just how it goes. Some days, some so, days you eat the bar. Some days the bar eats you. Bear. I the, think this the month bear? might be pretty skim. Uh, I have some plan, some ambitious plans that I will by no means achieve. So, I'll probably watch one of those movies with the plan to watch ten, and then not do it. Nice. You'll you'll hear about it next week. You got any news, R.J.?
0: Fuck. No. I I got I, I got something I want to get off my chest. What do you got maybe. there? Okay. So last Is week. Last week after yes. we recorded, yes. I uh, actually went onto my uh, my social medias and saw that hey, there's this Joker trailer that just popped up out of nowhere. Right. And I watched it and I went, yeah, this has got some potential. I mean, mm-hmm. it could also just suck. Who knows? No one. No, how, how could anyone know? This movie hasn't come out yet. But then, of course, I started hearing that there was these the buzz, the, the, the screenings at the, from the Venice Film Festival, mm-hmm. and uh, there was an eight-minute standing ovation. RJ, can you believe it? A standing ovation at an international last year. film festival? Like, I can't
1: believe it. Do you remember what got a standing ovation last year? Every movie, but which one? The Lars Van Trier film, "The House That Jack Built." Yeah. Half the people left, but the people who stayed gave it a standing ovation. But how long, that how long did that last? I think it was like 11 minutes. Oh, they said. well, there you go. So
0: No so, one does that. So come on. and then it, the the backlash immediately started happening. And this movie hasn't even come out for like people to see outside of these like handful of critics who are all looking for their hot take. And then suddenly mm-hmm. people are like taking those people's words for gospel and being like, yeah, that's my opinion now, too. And because apparently, <laughs> RJ, um, this movie is a celebration of incels and uh, of dangerous people who do horrible <laughs> things to society.
1: I, yeah. <laughs> and, and
0: I started seeing this pop up all weekend long. For this movie that doesn't like hasn't come out, and people are just saying, "Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's the right time to release a movie like this for the for the type of audience that exists." And I'm like, like like Taxi Driver, and King of Comedy, or mm-hmm. like Clockwork Orange. The same shit was going on then. How Clockwork Orange was too violent and like would give people ideas because humans just have no self control, and like we have to blame media. Media has to. be... Oh fuck, this shit was like just making me mad. How oh. just how like just the hacks. The the, hmm? the the hackdom of uh, contemporary film criticism just losers. So I was unfollowing some people, uh, these these film dopes that were uh, parroting this line. Hmm? I just don't know. I just don't think it's the right time to be making movies. I'm like,
1: huh? Yeah, I think that's complete fucking horseshit. Anyone hmm. who says stuff like that is out to lunch in <laughs> I, it, what the world is. I think well, that guy
0: dressed like joker and that's, shot people that time.
1: Yeah. So why is that the issue? How why why isn't other things the issues? I'm not even going to get into it cuz people take this shit so seriously but well, but that's the thing that makes me mad too. It's like so these same people g- complain
0: about the like Republican governors and senators who are like, it's video games and they go, Oh, these people mm-hmm. are such idiots. And then this movie trailer comes out in this
1: movie. Oh well this movie's dangerous. <laughs> it's like, oh I see. It's so bizarre. It's I, like, oh, is that what you think is going on there? Oh, because they, Oh, they think.
0: They they think a lot.
1: I know, but it's all such horseshit and so like transparent. You can see you can see like what people are what their intent is and all that stuff it's like uh what it's like well we gotta my opinions are my own of sir of the character that i play for this show but yeah i think that's total horseshit i saw all that too where Nine out of ten people are like, it's great, and it's like it's a real good look at uh, societal issues right now, and it is a reflect. Or everyone was like, it's like Taxi Driver and King of Comedy, which is but exciting. for today, and
0: it is a love letter to those movies, and it might not actually wind up working,
1: but we'll yeah. s- we'll, we'll see. Yeah. It's, it's kind of
0: cool that they're doing it, and yes,
1: yeah. yeah. so all the people are like, yeah, hey, look, it's like a revamped version of those. And, uh, the people who like it are like, it's good. And then there's that one out of 10, one out of 10 asshole. That's like, um, this is promoting incels. And then I saw a lot of people who it's like people who are making fun of the people who liked Joker. And they're just like, they're like, uh, it's like, yeah, these guys like the, the DC movies and It's like, they don't like the Marvel movies. And like, that's the like standing ground they have. And it's like, if you like Marvel movies, whatever, but it's like if you like any kind of movie, whatever, but don't like use that to shit on other things. That's one thing I find like super annoying, especially for like people who are involved in either film review or podcasting where they're just like they use that to like target stuff. And they're so like, oh, these people like this movie. They don't even like Endgame. It's like who fucking cares? <laughs> Get over it, man. It's like you're you're worse than they are. You're who's the bigger incel? <laughs> like, do you know what Fuck, I mean? I hate I hate it because I, I even brought it up like last week when I was talking about
0: um the Antoine Collette. I was like, yeah. Oh, it's like you know if you had the internet, he'd be turning into an incel and be talking. Like, oh, yeah. on there talking about friend zoning, and it's like. So then I watched this trailer and I was like. Oh, this is good. this looks awesome! Like it, yeah, I mean, it does. Like it looks, it, it looks good. Like visually, it looks pretty great. Um, mm-hmm. And but the thing is, though, Warner Brothers, they're really good at making nice looking trailers. They 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 uh, they did that with uh, was it Suicide Squad at one point. They even tricked yeah. people into that. And, 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 uh, and Watchmen had an awesome trailer way back when. Hey, like, I like that they, movie though. But they have like they have good people have making good trailer stuff. Yeah, it's like they have someone. Somewhere, I'm not sure if it's in house or like whatever studio that they deal with. They use mm-hmm. the music, they pop it in. I don't know if I love the music in the trailer or anything like that, but I mean, they're communicating all the little like visual cues of, oh, that's king of comedy. Oh, and they're like, but it's king, it's the killing joke. And oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm all like King Phoenix doing his thing. Um, uh, yeah. and, and yeah, it, it looks like a low key, like psychological drama about like a guy it's like totally up my alley of like sad bastards and losers this guy Mm -hmm. doesn't look like a success that people should be vying for other than yeah i could be that loser i could be that cool guy who's Mm -hmm. being admonished by black women and but is in love with a black woman Mm -hmm. who knows how this stuff's going to play out but uh this
1: idea that it yeah uh, i i I know what you mean yeah the idea of what sorry oh well we'll see what's going to happen we'll see what the movie is yeah. it's, it's tra- no. To
0: us, it's just trailers, and there's these handful of people, who, I, I mean, I've lost like pretty well all respect for the criticism as a. Platform mm-hmm. here, I am doing a podcast that ostensibly is about criticism. That, but uh,
1: I don't know. It's but I but I know we're assholes, and yeah, but uh, we talk know, about movies those? nobody gives a shit about. <laughs> what like, nobody fucking cares about the Antoine Donnell series. Like oh. who fucking cares? <laughs> who cares? Who cares? But no, I so I agree with you. The only thing I would say that I think makes this me more optimistic because we we comment all the time. People are like, "What are you excited about?" And it's like fucking nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't care about anything anymore but when this thing for like the teaser dropped for this you and me were both just like "Ooh, that looks good and uh, the thing about this that i would say makes me more optimistic is it doesn't come out for a month and they're letting all the reviews come where suicide squad bvs <laughs> that shit was embargoed until like the day before and then it was like the day before it dropped because like "Ooh, 20 percent on rotten tomatoes and you're like what like, what the fuck? Not that I trust Rotten Tomatoes either, but that's that's what everyone goes to. So, so, so there's this other element, too. And I've actually seen one movie referenced more than
0: any other uh, in reference to this movie, too. It's like, yeah, Joker might work this particular way, but it's going to have fans that don't understand what it's really well, saying. Uh, which, what movie doesn't? Well, the movie that gets referenced, though, is your favorite movie Fight Club.
1: Oh, fuck. Of course. Yeah. Like, it, it's the same. It's the same stuff. Same stuff. Fight sure, club. It's, it's the poten- but in this case, like
0: this movie doesn't even have fans yet. It has potential fans. Yeah, the potential fans of this. It's like, well, dial it back a little bit. Dial it back. Maybe, maybe they're so afraid this movie's going to like just shake things up because it's going to like people will just love it because it lo- it looks like the type of movie that people
1: love. Yeah, yeah, it definitely looks like it.
0: I mean, but isn't is like isn't Joker always been like the most popular Batman villain? and everyone loves Joker, and so oh, we're going to do yes. a movie about that, and it's like, yeah, he's going to be the
1: protagonist, essentially, because uh, he's the main, or at least the main Jared, character. Jared, it's called Anti-Hero. Oh, I'm sorry, the Anti-Hero. Jared, did you not go to fucking grade 11 English language arts? It's my, Anti-Hero. my character webs? <laughs> hmm Hey, man, mind maps and uh, character webs are a vital part of the learning process. Mm. Vital part. Yeah, I don't know. I think it looks good. We're gonna go see it. Yep. Fuck yeah. Are we gonna see see the other clown movie? I would like to. I mean, people will find out next Wednesday if we did or not. That's true. Or on our letterbox. (sighs) Even sooner.
0: Whoa. We'll see. In the meantime, it's that time. Time to be an incel, but before the internet. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> hopping back into our time machine to 1970 to catch up. What's Antoine doing right now? What's he thinking about? What job? What job is he doing at this point in time? How How are his kids? We're gonna find out after the
1: are his kids. Alphonse. Oh yeah, he has one. Oh. <laughs> Woo! Sometimes a man Will cause such harm yes, he That a woman feels She can hardly take He'll make all kinds of mistakes yes, will. That will cause your heart to break Seems like every day
0: J'ai pas les yeux dans ma poche, elle te plaît, hein Dis
1: le contraire, mais Sylvana, enfin Mais si, elle te plaît hein? C'est une belle italienne avec une grosse poitrine, une bouche pulpeuse, t'es un obsédé, salaud Tu vois, chérie, maintenant, il s'aime vraiment. Ah, je t'assure, il y en a un qui est plus gros que l'autre. C'est pas vrai. Ah si, si, non, non, il y en a un qui est non, plus, non, plus gros que l'autre. Bah, tout le monde est comme ça. Mais pas du tout, tu vois, d'ailleurs, pour les différencier, il faudrait les appeler Laurel et Hardy. Oh, écoute Au début de notre mariage, je l'appelais Peggy Sage. Peggy, parce qu'elle a un côté un peu anglo-saxon, comme ça, un peu réservé. Quand bon, j'ai senti que ça
0: commençait à aller mal, au lieu d'arranger les choses, je les ai aggravées parce que j'avais peur.
1: On dirait une petite fille euh, qui fait semblant d'être une femme.
0: Alors vous vous rendez compte être vierge à 20 ans, mais j'étais un anachronisme vivant, une vraie conne
1: Merci mademoiselle.
0: Non, pas mademoiselle, madame Christine Ah bonjour madame
1: Est-ce que vous pouvez appeler ma femme, s'il vous plaît Mais dis donc, qu'est-ce que tu fais, toi
0: Non, mais justement, je, suis je en... descendre. Non, je suis en train de réfléchir à quelque chose. Ah, oui,
1: oui, je voudrais bien savoir à quoi Kyoko aime Antoine. Elle dit bonsoir et elle pense à Antoine. Viens quand tu peux, mais peu bientôt. Qu'est-ce que tu lis? Les femmes japonaises? Ouais ouais, j'en ai besoin pour mon travail. Mmh. Deux moutons, un mouton, zéro mouton. Tu ne vas pas vivre
0: si tu pas Tu peux pas me prêter 3000 francs? Ah si, bien sûr. Je te les rendrai, je suis un peu serré. Oui. Eh ben alors tu m'en passes encore 2000 et puis avec les autres 3000 ça fera 5000 et je te rendrai tout d'un coup Tu peux pas encore me filer 50 ah, balles 50 balles avec plaisir et comme bien. ça je te rendrai oui, oui, avec plaisir Tu vas avoir une petite rentrée là Alphonse sera un grand écrivain Tu sais ce que je ferai de lui plus tard Alphonse Regarde,
1: ton père va sûrement aller au Water Il est en train de s'équiper comme pour une expédition polémique Victor Tu vois toi
0: Vous savez, j'ai étudié notre horoscope. Il est très favorable. Ça va nous arriver quelque chose d'important à tous les deux.
1: Cette petite âge, j'apaiserai mal, mais j'apaiserai bien. Ah, part vous alors, c'est pas trop toi, allez monter Hé, hey, vous avez vu la petite madame Donel Vous me direz qu'elle s'est fait faire une piqûre de loustique, hein Oui, plutôt une piqûre de loustique. Pour l'instant, tout est calme au domicile conjugal. Du moins, on pourrait le croire. En fait. Ce n'est qu'une impression. Fausse, mais alors complètement fausse. No.
0: And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight we're talking about the adventures of Antoine Donnell part two. <gasps> we're covering that bed and board from 1970. Mm. Love on the run from 1979. Mm. RJ, if you don't mind, I'm going to recap the mission statement of the box set once more for those just joining
1: us. I don't mind at all. You uh, do whatever feels right, man. The release of
0: Francois Truffaut's The 400 Blows in 1959 shook world cinema (laughs) to its foundations. The now classic Quiet. portrait of troubled adolescence introduced a major new director in the cinematic landscape and was an inaugural gesture of the revolutionary French New Wave. But the 400 Blows did not only introduce the world to its precocious director. It also unveiled his indelible creation, Antoine Donel. Initially patterned closely after Truffaut himself, the Donel character played by the irrepressible and iconic Jean-Pierre Léaud reappeared in four subsequent films that knowingly portrayed his myriad frustrations and romantic entanglements from his stormy teens through marriage, children, divorce, and adulthood. With The Adventures of Antoine Donnell Criterion is proud to present Truffaut's celebrated saga in its entirety. The feature films The 400 celebrated. Blows, Stolen Kisses, Bed and Board, and Love on the Run, and the 1962 short subject Antoine Collette in a special edition five-disc box set special edition So one the thing The legacy you say Since we're watching this on the Criterion mm-hmm. Channel uh, yes. I neglected to mention that the actual box set that this all came together in, which is now out of mm-hmm. print, it's actually really cool. I don't know if have you actually looked at the, the, what the set looked like. So it's a um, nope. so what it actually is it's a, it's a suitcase box, and then each of the discs that comes out of it uh, in their little cases uh, is an article of clothing that he wears in each of one of the films. So it's, hey, it's you a, it's know nice I
1: little, bought a nice little piece of design, RJ. I bought the Inception. Uh collector set and it's a briefcase that has a a top in it and you can spin that top as your totem is that the the same kind of thing yeah exactly much right exactly i uh i actually also got the collector set of interstellar and it came with a single frame from the alleged movie (laughs) reel (laughs) yeah i have that too do you think it's real um sure it's from
0: it's from a print Somewhere. That's kind of the same thing, right? It's it's from uprint. It's not from the. Yeah. It's not struck from the original negative. They didn't just chop it up and throw it into a uh, Blu-ray cases and go have
1: have at it, folks. Have at it, guys. Here's a a thing. Yeah. Do it. Do it. So. Well, that sounds neat. I wish I would have seen that well, thing, but you, uh, you, uh,
0: Google image search is but a, a a click away.
1: Um, I can't be bothered.
0: <laughs> You're good. First yep. up, bed and board from 1970. Oof. Our tagline, first mm. trofoe gave us the 400 blows, then stolen kisses, and now bed and board. <laughs> they really went out on a limb there. They re- they, yeah, they really went for it in that description. And, now, and now, RJ, Ugh. the synopsis from Letterboxd. Parisian everyman Antoine Donnell has married his sweetheart Christine Darbon. And the newlyweds have set up a cozy domestic life of selling flowers and giving violin lessons while Antoine fitfully works on his long gestating novel. As Christine becomes pregnant with the couple's first child, Antoine finds himself enraptured with a young Japanese beauty. The complications change the course of their relationship forever. That's a, that's an understatement. So, I found this movie took a little while to get going. <laughs> What do you mean, Jared? <laughs> I don't know. So I was watching this, it was like a Saturday afternoon, kind of on my couch, lackadaisical, and kind of like in and out of consciousness, <laughs> perhaps, uh, yes. as I was watching Were you staring this. at the ceiling? No, I was just kind of like, I was trying to like stay there. Maybe I needed to catch up with some sleep. So I was like kind of sure. there. I was following along, but it was definitely one of those things where like, you know, really great movies, they just mm-hmm. they, you're just awake for, you're there for it this mm-hmm. movie it lacks that uh, panache you know the what the, the je ne sais quoi. the chutzpah.
1: oh too sweet yeah i see yeah so mm-hmm. this
0: this movie here this is about this antoine he's uh mm-hmm. it, it takes place shortly after um his previous a- actions and stolen kisses mm-hmm. he seems to have settled down he's finding uh his life dying flowers instantly that mm-hmm. that's a job. There's this yes. like there's this like lady that's like really lusting for him and just wants to bed down with him. That never really pays off. Does that off. not happen to you? No. Okay, but that's fine. But she's just waiting and just makes these suggestive comments and he kind of no sells it. Like he's kind of like, uh, I really don't know what you're getting at. So mm-hmm. he's he's just flat out uninterested, I guess. Because when he's interested, oh boy, the whole world knows.
1: Yes. That's accurate.
0: That is accurate. Uh mm-hmm. question for you, RJ. Sure. What what is what are his jobs here? He has a he's the number f- of jobs, he's and got, I would say he's, he's got the through- flower dying job. That's like yes. con-
1: like a a thing that he does. There's a number of jobs, right? And he does so like between the, for through the out the whole series, he probably has fifteen thousand jobs. Well, at first he's a kid, so that doesn't count. And then he well, goes, his I, job I, is being a student, and, and he's the, really the, sh- shitty at well, it. Well, He's a little kid. Yeah. He's a little kid who's his being, job is to be a kid.
0: Yeah. And then uh, the next one, he's he works at the uh, Phillips, putting uh, vinyl records into sleeves. And then,
1: the military is a job. Yep. And he, he fails at that. that wow! Well, I mean, and that's then a, he is a hotel night guardsman. Yep. And he fails at that. Private well, dick. Well, all of his failures are like not his fault. But yeah, so then he is a detective. And then he is a TV repairman. Oh, he, he was also
0: pretending while being a private detective or private investigator as being a, shoe, a
1: shoe, shoe, clerk. shoe 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 shopman. Stock boy. Stock boy. And then, yeah, in this one, he is a flower guy and then he has other jobs in this one he like then he works at he
0: works at the the weird I mean, american hydraulics. company hydraulics, in hydraulics. Like, for like a movie set
1: something of something, the sort something of the sort it's his nebulous job yeah so then he does that and that's a thing and then in the next film you know just well jumping ahead a little bit sure jared he's an author well, he's, he's a, yeah, he's a published, he, he published a book,
0: that's mm-hmm. not a, that which isn't a job, but, but now he just like works at a, like, print house.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. Correct. Accurate. So, yeah, he has many jobs. Just like real he life. He contains a multitude. Yes, just like real life, to yeah. be fair. Sure. Um, sure. So, th-
0: this movie, I mean, it's all laid out. It's, uh, it, the... It's such a departure. All these movies from Four Hundred mm-hmm. Blows, which is kind of this like grim depiction of uh, adolescence, and mm-hmm. then they kind of turn to these uh, kind of goofy comedy light dramas.
1: Would that be fair? Yeah, to say? yeah. Like, they're, I, they're, like I think they're all these weird distinct entities, but they are definitely like yeah. lighthearted rom-com, melodramatic soap operas. Yeah, in a sense. In a sense, I, like I felt like these were all, again, I don't want to like speak too soon, Jarrett, but I thought all of these were more Italian daytime TV than, or not Italian, French French daytime TV soap operas than as, like as movie as
0: you would imagine those things to be as you've never seen one before as
1: I've never seen things <laughs> in my Western North American opinion. This reminded me of daytime television. All of these, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's like nudity and other things, but it's like, yeah, it's France, man. Anything goes. <laughs> you know what I mean, Jare? Um, one thing that I
0: actually thought of looking up was I was wondering, like, because I mentioned last week how there was, like these little moments of Wes Anderson flourish. Mm-hmm. and uh, Oh, yeah. So I, I thought that too. So, so, I, so I typed up, you know, Wes Anderson, Truffaut, and uh, there's a little thing came up about uh, Jason Schwartzman, apparently, mm-hmm. when he first met Wes Anderson, maybe at some point he apparently just like probably handed him the set. Mm So, this this would have been after he would have met him because this the set didn't come out till later, but maybe maybe he was showing him VHS tapes. He's like, You gotta watch this. And I guess uh, there's a lot of Luode's uh, character mannerisms that uh, Schwartzman kind of does. And I was like thinking, like when I was watching, I'm like, Yeah, there there really is like his type of character that he does in everything he ever does after this in what he does. I agree. Um, He's kind I, of like, I don't know. Would, would you call uh, Donnell a, a schlubby man, kind of a, a putz? I don't know. Like what his what he's giving <laughs> is because he seems like he's got a way about him. He has a charm. Um, alleged. Alleged. He seems to like win people over. At least that's what the screenplay says. Yeah. Whether or not like this uh, Christine woman would be like so enraptured with this uh, this goofball, I don't know. I mean, women sometimes choose. Uh, Real chuds sometimes, but uh, to me, I'm well, like, like she's, yeah. she seems like she's a little bit above his, uh, out of his range, you know, out of his class. They,
1: they all do, but then that's, that's the thing. Sometimes you see people, like I've, we've said before, sometimes you'll see people in real life, and you'll be like, what the fuck? You're like, why are these people together? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, but it happens. I'm kind of all over the place, but I got these random notes thinking about it. these just, movies. Okay, hit, so man.
0: I, I was wondering, did... Mr. Hodger Ebert, do a review of any of these films. And he did write one for Bed and Board, which I guess was released in 1971 in North America. And uh, he actually mentions in it 400 Blows. Mm -hmm. And he writes, The Hollywood movie we saw during the 1950s had grown increasingly sterile and clumsy, with a few exceptions, but now here was a new filmmaker with a relaxed and unstudied manner who recorded the rhythms of life itself Instead of Mm -hmm. some arthritic plot, he allowed us to spend some time with the boy Antoine, his parents, his school, and his moody adolescent terrain. There are some movies that are spoken of in hushed tones as classics and studied joylessly for their perfection. But the 400 Blows will never age like that. It will be one of the movies we can put in a time capsule to convince the next generations that some of us at least breathed.
1: Wow. You know in Jared I I really feel like and I don't want to sound arrogant or anything like that but I feel like in generations people will come back to the Criterion Creeps podcast and they'll be like you know it was very misunderstood understood but uh it was timeless in a sense and uh RJ was right <laughs> about, about all the, everything. about everything and you know at the time people didn't understand his his opinions were too drastic and too Ugh. controversial at the time, but now it's well accepted facts. You know how science works. Yeah, same thing. Well, I see. You um, know, like people thought other scientists were crazy. D- did, you like, did you like?
0: Did you like the cameo in this? Which one? The, the of the OG
1: goofy French bastard himself, Jacques Tati. Jacques Tati. I didn't. I did not see him. Are Where you did he shitting pop- me? Where did he pop up? Did you even? I don't watch remember this what movie? that fucking guy looks like. <sighs> oh, Do they call him Jacques Tati no. when he comes? No, it's like, it's like
0: um, no, like Antoine Donnell's character. He's like waiting at the uh, the train station, sure. and he's standing around, and out comes Jacques Tati with his uh, hat, doing the doing the Holo character, and he's got the jacket, and he's looking like he's looking like a goof, and he goes
1: back and forth. There's no, di- I remember no dialogue. that guy. I didn't realize it was Jacques Tati. Jesus
0: Christ, oh RJ. Man, yeah.
1: I if people listening to this email in, I guarantee you four out of five would be like, who? What's a Jacques Tati? What's a mon uncle? What's a playtime? No, uh, no, 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 Jared. I, I remember that guy, but I had no idea it was Jacques Tati. I don't. <laughs> what did you make of that scene? <laughs> nothing. I just thought like that's what all these movies I just. Felt like it had goofy ass shit in them. I, I didn't think it was. It had bent anything. Oh.
0: Well, these goofy a, French bastards. It was, a,
1: it was a cinematic reference, RJ. Well, this is a, a shared universe, unlike anything we've ever seen. Yep. Well, mm-hmm. the, the previous
0: movie, uh, I didn't even mention, like, there's a, apparently it was, like, a big deal, and there's, like, all these, like, these coded meanings that are completely oblivious to us now about uh, this one f- guy that was from a French committee, like, Henry Linguist or something like that, and he had been, like, removed from this board in 1968 because of his comments during, like, maybe yeah. like, student revolution stuff, and mm-hmm. this, and that, um, yeah, Stolen Kisses had these references that, like, if you were in the know, you definitely knew what he was getting at trying to get him if you were back. in the know, if but you knew have, the context. But, but there's, like, it's impossible. Like, I have no idea. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to, like, go through and, like, pick through that, like, an article explaining to me what those things are. Because, like, those are, like, completely lost now. Those, those are references that mean nothing at this point.
1: Well, that's that's all that horse shit where it's just, like, you know how much that dates your, th- your shit? Where I feel like it's such a weird gimmick where even movies today do that where we always talk about how comedy has very dated jokes where it's like the comedy is it's contextual to the time era where like with certain kinds of jokes and things that they reference. And it's the same with this, where if you're talking about actual things that happened at the time, at the time it was probably good. But then when, when you make that movie is your intent to, be popular at the time, or is your intent to make something true, or make something that lasts? And like, you don't have to make a movie and be like, "I really hope that in eighty years people will love this fucking thing." You don't have to do that either. But I don't know. I don't have an answer. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm just pontificating to you for a minute. It's like, what are we doing, Jarrett? It's like, RG, what are what are we doing? A regular RJ the Pope here is pontificating. I'll pontificate all goddamn day. Mm-hmm. The uh, most so pious these, these, of the criteria. I, I guess,
0: like, so the home stretch of this movie, the third act is kind of where I found it was interesting when the relationship was like on the rocks. I thought that mm. stuff was well observed, and like, you kind of want them to get back together. And I, I started thinking about the Richard Linklater Before trilogy.
1: It's funny like, that you say that because I had the exact same thought for both of these movies. But I'll let you keep yeah. fi- keep going
0: because it's like so like the first half is like oh yeah they're getting they're they're hanging out and he's kind of a doofus and she seems to have like everything all right and now she's pregnant and it's like all these like mm-hmm. big ham-fisted like oh she's pregnant like visual gags that are like oh yeah. that's funny and then they mm-hmm. then they have the baby and he's like forces the child to have the name that he wants for the baby and, yeah. and then it's like oh but now now he's got eyes for this japanese lady all of a sudden and then they, oh, they, they he starts, ha- he starts having an affair, and apparently that's a th- real thing, R.J. These people like have kids, Legitly. and then like these dads are like, oh, I've accomplished that goal, time to move along and uh, spread my seed inside of her. Excuse me. And um, so that's kind of like he, he moves on, his interests are split, all the obvious signs that he's cheating on her appear, and then finally. Uh, uh, we get some stop motion animation flowers, and then we get the, yeah. uh, the, the 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 scene that like is very Wes Anderson when he like comes in, and we get to zoom in on him, and then you see her wearing like the kimono and Japanese stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm like, and, the, and she, it's the symmetrical frame and of her face, and I was like, with the use of the like, uh, like the Oriental music, and I'm like, the what? The, this is exactly how Wes Anderson would probably play it out too, These mm-hmm. those those beats. And then they're on the rocks, and then they have a very aggressive fight with him pulling mattresses around because they can't sleep in the same bed. And He's like trying to talk her down, be like, no, no, she doesn't mean anything to me. Can't we just mm-hmm. like, I don't want you being mad at me. And that's usually kind of like the- It's just my girlfriend, that, but you're the, my wife. Well, so that's an interesting thing that I'll talk about in the next movie, too, is okay. the, the, this kind of, and we can talk about it now, I guess, this uh, this Forever notion, like, I'm sure it. you've heard about it, like, this idea that, like, in France, like, dudes have mistresses, and it's like, oh, it's just the way it is.
1: Like, Goofy you, you've French it, but,
0: you've, but you're familiar with that, like, stereotype, right? You've encountered that in your life. Yeah, they're insatiable. Well, okay, so I was wondering about that. And then the next Love on the Run answers that because they're like, oh, because you it was like basically impossible to get a divorce. And so you're like, wait, is that why that was a thing? Because it was like, well, we'll live together, but like Whoa. he can he can just do whatever he wants because the system is like, oh, you can't get divorced. And I was like, that was like, oh my God, I've never heard that before because mm-hmm. it's always just like more of a gag of like – I'm insatiable. I, I must have my garlic butter. I lust <laughs>
1: for the women. So mm. yeah,
0: that's what happens when you everything you know about uh, a country comes from their uh, me, uh, actually media that they make, and then other countries mm. making the, the depictions themselves, like hey, Pepe and Le Pew. Yeah.
1: Oh. Mm. No, we're accurate, Jerry. You don't have to
0: apologize for that. So anyway, we did it right. Uh, another good little bit in this movie. Uh, is the, the seller kiss callback, which, which is, uh, which is subsequently kind of ruined because in love on the run, they just start doing these full on flashbacks. (laughs) <laughs> were they were they well, like okay. explicitly well, let's, laid... let's
1: get to that at, when we get to yeah, love we'll, and we'll, we'll,
0: we'll get there but yeah like so like in this one it's like oh cool it's like the seller scene when like he like does this full-on like head crush face lock kiss to her which I didn't even mention last week but I'm like that's that's aggressive that's really RJ-ish and uh
1: excuse me and
0: so in this time that was like excuse they're back me. they're back at her parents house they're going to get that one in the cellar and then she gives him a kiss and he's like oh hey things have changed our, our relationships moved on it's like that's really nice and mm-hmm. um yeah like the whole thing thing of like him realizing how uh how good he had it and like how terrible this relationship is with this woman that he has like nothing really in common with other than sex
1: Like all good affairs
0: like all good affairs you're like oh my god she's I can't talk to her about anything and then the whole like him going back to the phone and then finally he gets the out. Cause he basically creates this situation where it's like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a dickhead. And she's just like, drop dead. <laughs> like you're, you're, you're terrible. And she finally leaves him and he's like, yes, I don't have to break up with her. And then he goes back to her and you himself. think that, Hey, maybe they're going to work out just okay. And you're left with this kind of yeah. like, yeah, things are going to work out swell. You're left with that a little bit. A little bit. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. And then you got Jacques the the guy keeps seeing 30? that that no uh, Jacques the mooch the guy who keeps asking for like more money.
1: Oh, you know I gave you fifty, uh oh, hey, no, I, I yeah, I,
0: I, I, I owe you. I owe twenty five.
1: Can I just give you another twenty five
0: and I'll give you fifty next time I see you? Yeah, okay. Here you go. Hey, I owe you fifty, right? Can I just borrow fifty? And the next time I see, you, I'll give you hundred. And then you see him at the end. I'm not sure who that dude was. Maybe he's a filmmaker. I'll leave. I want that mystery in my life, though. Don't tell me.
1: Okay, I was gonna say I know who he is, but I'm not gonna tell you. I guess. Cool. Jared, do you want to know what I think about Bed and Board? Sure. I have a lot of the same opinions that you do. Uh, when you were talking about Wes Anderson, I felt like this one had a lot of that. Where it was like, I would say, comedy style edits. The one that I thought was the most noticeable, where it's where it's like the days of the week with uh, Komoko? Kimo- uh, K- Kyoko. Kyoko yeah with Kyoko where it's like the days of the week where it's just like him it's like Monday Tuesday Wednesday right. and he's doing different things with her I was like that seems like Wes Anderson uh I also had the link later connection on this uh in the sense where I was like hey that before trilogy does all of this better yeah. than these movies do 100 uh, 100 and <laughs> then I was also like question <laughs> I was also like, hey, you know what's weird? You know that Linklater movie, Boyhood, Jared? That was all the rage because it had that iron continuity of one kid for like 20 years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, Antoine Donnell, same guy, over like 20 some years. But it is like more. It's off, very off the, loose. Off the cuff, yeah. Yeah, it's it's off the cuff loose. But I mean, if you wanted to actually look at it, it's like, yeah, that same actor, they kind of followed for. Almost 20 years. I, I'm just making connections, Jared. Are they actually there? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if they are or not. That's not for me to decide. <laughs> so anyways, I saw those things. Uh, I find I found this movie was also like a little bit strange at times. I think the best parts were were with his wife and things of domestic Discord, where they weren't getting along because I was like, that's real life. I like that. Uh, And then it's kind of like, well, not my real life, but it's like, that that seems like a real life thing where, you know, sometimes people people argue relationships
0: are I think pretty universal at the end of the day. That's that's why
1: like, like there's things
0: where like, yeah, it's not all smiles and sunshine. There's, there's definitely (laughs) moments, but it's like, no one talks about those things because then it's like, Oh man, people are going to judge my relationship in this particular way. And I don't want that to happen to me. I don't have it so bad. I mean, then there's what we call toxic relationships, which are like real bad. But then there's like ones where it's like, yeah, you know what? You put two human beings together for any amount of time. And, uh, there's gonna be a certain amount of resentment that boils over at times, and then mm-hmm. usually, mm-hmm. hopefully in a healthy relationship, it kind of works itself out and or goes back to zero and then starts building up again. But it takes a long time to get there. It all depends on what speed, I suppose, of uh when those things come up. What's your speed? I don't know. I I, I think I'm I'm pretty, I'm 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 okay. I think I'm good. But uh I'd love to hear like, what I, Chanel thinks
1: <laughs> your speed is. Um, hey, if and if you talk to Andrea, she's very upfront. She'll tell you I'm the worst fucking piece of shit she's ever met. And then I mean, she she's married, still here
0: because yeah. I mean, what, what was that? Some toxic something or other. I was uh, I don't
1: know. Toxic Avenger. Yeah. You can follow the trauma episode for that. Yeah. I, I agree. My point of all that, Jared. Yeah. Was, I liked those parts because I was like, it's genuine. Yep. That seems like a real thing, and I think that's where all of these movies excel the best. It's like, yeah, those are real things. What I don't like about a lot of these movies are where they take off and they kind of go into the. I wouldn't say flights of fancy, what, but it's what, like it's like about, the things that are a little bit the, out of what, the what have you, <laughs> the what have you exactly. <laughs> like I think there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't really. Do I don't serve thomble. a purpose. Yeah, and like I know people who are probably champions of this movie are like, "Well, it's like it's saying this about this kind of societal thing about France in the '60s," and you're like, "All right, relax, oh, whatever." Oh, hey, quit setting up all those straw men, RJ. Those straw men, like, but that's what people comment on our podcast all the time, and it's like, "Okay, oh, they
0: used they they used to. They stopped listening a long time relax. ago."
1: Relax, everyone. Yeah, people <laughs> keep coming back and trying one episode, and then that's the one they comment on. But so there's certain things that. It's like, so what I was saying earlier that I feel like these are soap operas because it, it really feels like daytime TV to me where it's like, it seems like they set stuff up and it's like, we might revisit this in a later movie, but then they never do. Right. And well, then we oh, hey. go back to the old movies. So it's like, originally this, was this was the end of the series. He never, yeah, he, he
0: never planned on making love on the run. This was going to be it.
1: So that even, that makes it worse for me. Because there's things that are set up in this that I feel like have zero payoff where and and again, I know people will be like, well, doesn't need a payoff. It's in the moment. Uh, the one big thing is the guy who is creepy, but turns out to be an oh, actor, the, the strangler. Yeah. I, and yeah, in the strangler. So it's like they set up this like murderer. And I was like, what the with, fuck with is his, up with, with these his theme blues? song? <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, even like the last movie with the detectives and stuff, I was like, why is everyone suspicious? Why are there all these people who are having affairs and all these people who are alleged murderers? Why is there this like cloud of like extra stuff where it's like people can't just be fucking normal there has to be like a murderer around town it's like yeah I realize real life there's all these things in the news it's like well the city is doing this and fentanyl killed all these people and it's like there's a strangler out there and you're like okay 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 yeah okay but then there's another one jared which i didn't really understand and it's like that shop owner when that drunk guy tries to come in and then he like turns around and he's like, what are you looking for friend? And the guy's like, I'm looking for a fight. And he's like, it's okay, friend. You're okay. Let's get out of here. Let's go. And like, that's the thing. It's like that. Does that need setup or resolution? Not really. It's a scene in itself, but I couldn't help but wondering. I was like, why is that here? Why is that in here? Because this these movies are slices of life where it's just, yes. like, Truffaut's like, these are things that happened to me. Oh. And I am going to include them in uh, my movie.
0: You're you're messing up your French accents
1: now. Oh, huh. Am I doing French-Canadian? Yeah. Oh, me? What's the difference, Jared? What does it really matter? Oof. Oof. Well, Maybe it's I'm... also
0: the, that Canadian's uh, sponsorship deal I've been working on.
1: French-Canada and actual France- we've never heard any viewership from either of them so whatever who gives a shit uh, my point of all of this is I feel like this movie's got a lot it, it's it, I said it in the last one too I think there's too much shit going on It's too many irons in the fire man like I feel like he doesn't have enough of a through line where it's like that one consistent message other than it's the same guy and I feel like that's such a such kind of like a scapegoat for him where it's like it's the same guy life's crazy man is like did you think you're you would end up where you are right now and it's like no not really I feel like no one ends up where they think they are except for like really fucking Aryan people but well not necessarily that's that's an exaggeration Jared but all I'm saying is I get like where he's going with these things I just think he I think he reaches too much and I think he puts too much into these where there's things that get brought up and you're kinda like, What is it's like, what does this have to do with anything? And it's like not not everything needs a message. I don't like that either. Where mm-hmm. that's when you get into those heavy metaphor fucking Mandy type movies. So not not everything needs a message either. <laughs> the
0: movie has no plot.
1: It's just
0: scenes. Yeah, exactly.
1: But I don't know. Like I, I found Bed and Board was just something there. It's just something there. Yeah. And it's in again, I get maybe that's why people who do like it are like, yeah, slice of life. It's like you got a weird medley of characters, man. This movie also like these movies have the worst fucking endings. This one has another one. I I don't even don't even remember what it was, but it's some kind of weird freeze frame where it's like and like zooms in on a dude's face. Oh, the
0: well—it's—it's it's the couple that lives on the same floor as them in the apartment, and because yeah. he was like waiting for his wife back and forth, and then he throws <laughs> her, uh, her, his her shit down the stairs, and then they do the call back later, and it's like, oh, they really do love one another, do they? Yes, that's that's the ending. I got you. And it's like, oh, it's lame. But so it's like it, it, in some ways it should be like, oh, and then they lived happily ever after in marital bliss. Should be, but it's like the kind of uh, the kind of humor that you cut out of the newspaper comics and then you put on the fridge. Is it? Yep.
1: A little uh, Garfield. Is little, that what you're talking a about? Little little a little boomer. A, a little family circus. A
0: little boomer funny.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Keep Mademoiselle. going.
1: Mademoiselle, c'est moi? Oui. Pardon. Êtes-vous Sabine oh. Ah non, désolé. Je ne suis pas Sabine Barnerias, mais toutes les trois nous faisons quand même partie du même club. Je veux parler du club des anciennes d'Antoine Douanel. Moi, je suis sa femme. Enfin, l'ancienne. Écoute, on peut très bien
0: dormir comme ça. Moi, je vais dormir dans le fauteuil toi, tu dormiras dans le lit et tout se passera très bien. Mais je ne peux pas dormir dans la même pièce que toi Oh, bah, tu sais, pas. Ah.
1: Il a essayé de se suicider. Là, il y a une heure. Moi, je veux bien essayer de le défendre. Et moi, je voudrais bien savoir ce qui se passe. C'est trop facile de faire n'importe quoi et puis de s'excuser après. Et comme j'ai horreur de souffrir, alors j'ai décidé que nous ne verrions plus. Est-ce que je me trompe en imaginant que vous venez ici en charge mission Moi aussi. Mais moi, j'enquête pour mon compte. Il me semble que si Antoine pouvait récupérer ce document, ne me demandez pas davantage d'explications. Et puis, il faut absolument retrouver la photo. Mmh. Il n'a pas changé celui-là. Il court, il court toujours. Mais où Je suis complètement... complètement mobilisée par toi, espèce de salaud. Ce salaud d'Antoine a réussi à me culpabiliser rétrospectivement. Écoute, euh, si tu me prends pour une colgarde, t'as qu'à le dire, mon vieux. Ou Alors, tu me payes à chaque fois qu'on fait l'amour. Alors, il a été tellement ému... Tellement ému qu'aussitôt, il a couché avec elle. sont difficiles, Antoine. Alors comme beaucoup de femmes qui sont pas trop mal foutues, je me défends la nuit dans les wagons-lits. C'est ma spécialité. Je donne dix pour cent contrôleur Regarde.
0: Next up, yes. Love on the Run from 1979. <gasps> mm-hmm. Tagline, Antoine Donnell He's got four ladies, nine lives, and plenty of
1: alibis. Wow. <laughs> you, you know whoever came up with that was just fucking <laughs> vivid. know no, 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 like, no, no, they did? The they they
0: ever wrote ever. it. <laughs> they sat back. They lit a cigarette. They <sighs> cracked their fingers a little bit said, I really did it. They did it, boys. Yeah, you knocked it out of the hall park this time. Beginning, Tell me about Love on the Run. Beginning with mm-hmm. The 400 Blows, director Francois Truffaut made a series of films about the impetuous Antoine Donnell, in which mm-hmm. this is the last. <laughs> Good Antoine is now 30, working as a proofreader True. and getting divorced from his, his wife. That mm-hmm. is what is written. It being the first no-fault divorce in France, a media circus erupts. Dredging up Antoine's past, indecisive right. about his new love with a store clerk, he impulsively takes off with an old flame i I like these synopses that make up things,
1: yeah, it's like it's like the the weirdest thing about it, I think is it's a lot of half truths <laughs> where it's like some of that is accurate, but some of that's a bit of a stretch. The, I think once media, you actually watch it, you're kind of like, well, the, the media circus. Yes. And yeah, there's that's like one scene for like 10 seconds. Yeah. And then it doesn't it's like, mean anything. in this Hey, movie. look, it's me, Colette. I'm a lawyer who just happens
0: to be standing over here and goes, oh, isn't that Antoine? <laughs> isn't that Antoine Donnell?
1: This right. is a crazy coincidence. Wow.
0: This is wild. Uh, so this oh, is the film oh, that wait. was never supposed to be. Um, and apparently it is Truffaut's least favorite of the five films. And, um, hey, what what, what do we got here? So Antoine and Christine, they're, they're getting a divorce, but it's like, they're kind of like, yeah, we just want to get one. Six months Mm -hmm. ago, they changed the law. We can do it. Alphonse has grown up. He kind of looks like, uh, the little blonde hair kid from Rushmore, which which is, which is a little bit. The kid from, uh, Dennis the Menace.
1: Yep. Okay.
0: Yep. And uh, everything's working out fine, you know? I, I, he's got a new squeeze. He's got mm-hmm. this hot little number working at the record store. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's, oh, he's, yes. he's back on the game. Oh, hey, he wrote a book. What kind? Uh, an autobiography. Memoirs. A memoir of uh, Donnell. Of lust. His, uh, s- like, stepdad that he never had. Shows up. Who's a
1: character that was in one scene of one fucking movie. Yeah. And then we get this whole explanation of like, oh, yeah,
0: your mother died. And it happened in between the scenes in those previous mm. movies that like.
1: It's, it's like, off screen it the, well, they, well
0: they Well, it's off screen. But like now they're just like resolving the fact like, hey, you you would think that like his mother dying would be a bigger plot beat. But in fact, it like. Between the panels. It's only been brought up here in the final part. Because you're like, whatever happened to his mom? And it's like, maybe the actress died and he just didn't want to use someone that wasn't. The same I I
1: I might be naive, but I just assumed after 400 blows, he never saw his parents again. That that, that and that worked like fine they for disowned me. him. Yeah, because well, so
0: I mentioned like when we were watching stolen kisses. I mean, like when he's uh, lusting after the uh, store shop. Uh, he's doing what? His wife lusting. It's okay. like oh yeah, it's a callback because like she looks like his mom, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean they never really bring that part up. But I mean, they've made some comments now at this point in the movie yeah. about like how he's like always looking for women to replace his mom. There's mm-hmm. always a comment like that sort of thing. But, sure, uh, sure. Are. So is it me or is the performance here by Colette? Not very good. I mean, I think she's fine, but there's but like some, re- I don't there's think there's a weird, lot to call. There's some readings in this that I was like, you know, I'm pretty forgiving when it comes to foreign mm-hmm. language. Cause I mean, I don't speak the language and I don't know what's good or not, but there's things where I was like watching. And I'm like, Oh, they're really, uh, like is this the writing that she's just having to deal with, where she has to make these declarations? And be like, oh, I can't believe it, and roll her eyes, and it's
1: like ah, acting, acting. Yeah. yeah, this is. She went to the John Lovett School of uh, Cinema and yeah. acting. Yeah, Marie France Pissier. Oh, she's in some other stuff of of some regard. Know, like honestly, I thought she was fine. I just yeah. I feel like a lot of I think there I think there's bigger issues in this thing than uh, one lady's acting. No, so. but that was like
0: one. Of the, I mean, that's like in the current footage that's in yeah. this
1: film. Yeah. <laughs> Something that we can talk about.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, this is the the clip show episode of uh, the Dornell Adventure.
1: I call this the Puppet Master Eight of uh,
0: Criterion <laughs> movies. Ah, it's not that bad. It's just <laughs> No, no. no. There, there, if there's if... more than framing devices of new footage. There's like actually like, you know, some movie and I've seen some people so, yeah. greatly exaggerate how much clip footage there is. Like, they're like, oh, there's like 20 minutes of it in like the first half hour. And I'm like,
1: no. Not at all. It, well, so here's the really, and I actually find it more frustrating than anything, is that Upfront, I understand this was this movie was made fucking forty years, forty some plus years ago, where it's like, yeah, people couldn't just consume these things on home video and like yeah, they're not watching these back to back. Watch all all five uh, Harry Potter's before the six comes out, like mm-hmm. the day before. I realize you can't do that, so there's like the feeling of need to and fill people it, yeah. fill people back in. The thing that I found was frustrating was they have exact scenes that were in the other movies. But then they have scenes that they actually elaborate on more than Mm -hmm. they were in the originals. So, like, if you're a person who saw those movies, even at the time when this came out, those scenes that you've already seen before, maybe it was different then and you'd be more into it. But as a man now today, (laughs) as a man, (laughs) as a man, as a human now today, many years later, watching all these movies within a week's span When I saw scenes that were like the same scenes, I was like, "eh," it's like I don't give a shit. But then he like the voiceover and the other things. It's like, oh well, they're like building off of it. That's admirable. But I was like, I'm, it's like I don't want to watch this same movie again. You know, even even with this added narration or these added scenes, they're redressing scenes,
0: RJ. They're they're recontextualizing it.
1: I'm sure
0: memory, RJ. I thought you were all about
1: memory. Well, I'm about learning and memory, my I thought, man. i thought you
0: were about pathos.
1: Who mean? Yeah. Uh, I I mean, I'm about pantheos. What about the pathos of oh hey, Colette has a dead kid? Uh, okay. So I have to say <laughs> that. Fucking scene comes out of nowhere for me, and I like I was just like, holy, because fuck, this thought. Well, got dark the, the, all the, of well because
0: like, so there, there's this moment building up to it, because you're like, hey, wait a minute, it's like because you brought it up uh, last week when we were mm-hmm. talking about uh, stolen kisses. and You're like, because you were kind of like vaguely confused, because you're like, wait, I thought this like Christine was like. Colette, and it's like the same parents, but it's like, no, it's like, it's these rhythms of like, and they, and they spell it out in this movie where like, yeah, his whole gimmick is he, he basically gets in close with these girls' parents and then he can make it so he basically traps them into liking him. It's, it's an old smooth move, and he, and he does it twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also this thing about, because he never had parents, and so he likes this idea of it. So it's not like this total, like, weird manipulation. It's because, like, oh, he, he's this neglected kid, and he's always running somewhere. So we better say that out loud a lot, saying, oh, there he goes again, that Antoine Danel. He's always running. So He's always running, but so, and he's but, always
1: but, slipping his hair
0: behind his head. So, uh there's the uh, scene where you're like, wait a minute, like you said, like that's the that's Colette with her like husband with a baby. And I went, yep. yeah. And then while we were watching this, I was like questioning them. Like, was I wrong? And then they literally go, Hey, I, he said that he saw you once in the street with a baby. And then they cut to that scene with the baby. And you're like, oh yeah, my child was hit by a car. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, oh. And then you had the child and you ran upstairs with it. And you're like, oh, good God. that That's unexpected in this like light breezy kind
1: of comedy bit well it's like that and i feel like there's other stuff too that like kind of is more serious than the than the rest of the shows like even when so there there's that creepy dude on the train who's like hey colette want to have sex baby he's like i'll give you a thousand francs oh wow so it
0: isn't play at all like that for listeners who haven't seen the movie but
1: it's this is exactly what happens the, the but staring reason, so it's like yeah like well that's playful kind of no it's when, well, she the, when it, off. it cuts back and well, he's like that, he's like well, that, he's like, like My eyebrows raised but the way that, the, that, that what i mean theme. is the way she describes it yeah. it's like pretty serious shit and you're like oh shit colette telling it like it is like how it's how it's like to be a lady out there she's like yeah she's like Guys are fucking weird. Well, cause and initially, they always approach. When, when like when he, so, well, cause it's more serious than the rest of the movie is what I'm saying. It seems
0: a little, yeah. Cause of the way it re- plays itself out mm. in that moment. Because yeah, there's like the scene where he like brushes by her in the close confines. Yes. and He's giving her the stare down. Yeah. That's creepy. Right. And then, but then she kind of does the ha, ha, men are such weirdos. Cause, mm-hmm. and then earlier there's like other scenes of like just creepy dudes all the time with their hands and their caresses. Like, uh, cause the, uh, his girlfriend in love on the run the record store. She has sure. that guy who grabs her wrist and does like that weird, like inside There's a lot of aggressive grab. And like that, that's fucked. Like that's, well, he's that's like, like a, let me think you out, baby. Yeah. Hey, Hey, well, Hey girl. Don't, I don't know. I don't know if that doesn't play. That's not my style. I don't know about you RJ, but, um, um,
1: what? So, you were saying uh, these scenes, these uh, tone changes. Well, I just, I just feel like there's things that are like way more serious, and or it's just like completely out of tone. And it's like the last couple movies too, where you have these playful things, and then you have these like serious things, or you have these things that don't like really make sense. Where in the last movie it was like this alleged strangler, and you're like, why is that in here? And then in this one, it's like kind of like a murder mystery for like a part of it, and you're just like. Like where is like the where murder are these? Mystery? I wrote that down. Yeah, I wrote. Are you murder talking about like the down. like the photo? Like there's like the the uh, mystery stuff in it. No, I think I meant something else. But that's a mystery too. Like that one makes more sense for what's going on in here. I wrote down murder mystery. I don't remember why. Doesn't matter. I uh, my point is, I feel like there's shifting tones in this thing and you're kind of like well what are you or
0: like the like she's the defense attorney that's taking on the case of the man who's killed his kids
1: yeah that one too and you're just kind of like man that's like some serious shit to be thrown in this like tv soap opera which i'm i know it was made for this thing like i said so this all the flashbacks annoying me it it reminded me of papa master eight but it's also (laughs) like remember stuck on you the trauma movie or yeah not the uh, stuck on you Matt Damon movie, but stuck on you the trauma movie, mm-hmm. where it's like people getting divorced, and it was flashbacks. Right. I was like, hey, it's just With, like drama But it was
0: the footage that d- didn't previously exist.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: That's the framing device, whereas this has a, a bit. Yeah,
1: and and then like another thing I, I found like frustrating more about mostly about Antoine Donnell... He's like, his story's not true. He's always, like, telling things about, like, how he saw it happen. And I get that. People see things in their own perspectives, and they're like, they're like, I did nothing wrong. But it's like a guy, like, kicking a bunch of kids, like, off a cliff. He's like, they were the ones who jumped. I don't know. So it's like, I realize. I remember that. I remember when that happened. Yeah, exactly. And he's, like, telling the stories, and you're just like, man, this guy fucking sucks. Like, he's annoying. He, like... I don't know. He's 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 a selfish person, Jared. And there's also like the other thing I gotta mention, and this is like one of the last things I have to say about this movie is that I don't understand Truffaut's anti-Kleenex agenda. So like, there's all this talk about Kleenex in a bunch of these movies, and people are like, I never blow my nose into paper. And it's all about like hankies instead of Kleenex. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What is that about? Like, I I'm sure there's some kind of like 60s French context to that, but <laughs> I was just like, well, nah, by now it's, it's 1979 it here. I mean, it's some weird <laughs> 70, late 70s con. It's in more than one of these movies though, where people are like, wanna people sneeze, and it's like wanna Kleenex. And they're like, oh, I never blow my nose in paper. And you're like, what? Uh, what? I don't. Know. I find these movies
0: disjunctive, <laughs> Disjointive. Well, and so, if and that if that were intentional, what what does it mean then?
1: I don't think anything. I, I like. I is, honestly, is that like, it? that's his that's his style. That's his not don't, I don't think a lot of these things mean anything. To be honest, I don't think they're connected in any way. That's just me, man. I think it's just shit to, just stuff for the sake of stuff. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Sure. Jared, do you know what I mean?
0: You want to hear from people who hate these films? I would be into that. Okay. Well, first up for uh, Bed and Board, I got one for you. Uh, Two stars, Brandon Habes. Brandon Habes. Yeah, there's not a lot of there's no a lot of one stars or anything like that. So mm. I, there, there's a big drop off of people who star. are uh, I don't give a shit following along. This Ant- guy looks like a nerd. Antoine, what the hell are you thinking? Cheating on a beautiful woman like that? I guess it makes sense. Ansel, mm. the, the kid is still running towards that lonely beach shore, looking for freedom, looking for exotica. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> that Anton film. That next thing that will replace the home and world he once ran away from. The kid, even as an awkward grown man, never learned to settle or s- sit still. He's still a runner. Still the same uncertain misfit now dressed in bourgeois clothes. Married, but still longing for perfection and finding it difficult to commit. The Anton Donnell series is an interesting social experiment in the vein of 7-Up and boyhood. But, as I've stated Mm -hmm. elsewhere, the series doesn't really need to exist, at least not in the way Truffaut shaped it. He essentially transformed the existential poetry of The 400 Blows into a series of cutesy romantic comedies that feel very goofy in comparison. Not that everything has to be angsty or depressing as far uh, for there to be merit, but holistically, Mm -hmm. (laughs) holistically, RJ, The 400 Blows... Feels like the oddball out. Truffaut asks throughout the series, let's see what happened to Donnell. But I kept asking myself over and over, why do I want to follow this kid over a series of films? I was perfectly satisfied with that final freeze frame. But alas, Uh, I'm talking in circles now. I've beaten this dead horse enough, and Truffaut has milked this
1: cow enough. Time to move on. I can't say I necessarily disagree with him because this thing too like I said last week it's like I don't think Antoine Denel needs to be in this stuff at all that like this is a gimmick if I've ever seen one uh, for including like characters it's like yeah I understand people go through changes in their lives and there's a lot of stuff that can happen from when you're 13 to 40 but uh, I don't know I didn't think any of these things had any merit to include him and I, I honestly I don't think that if it wasn't Antoine Denon, I don't think anyone would be interested in these movies at all.
0: But other other you, than uh, Truffaut True Truffaut fans,
1: yeah. But, I mean, Brandon Habs has peculiar tastes. Lots of criterions, but some striking things here. Five stars to The Big Sick, which is that Kumal Nyanjani movie. Uh, and I've said many times, I think that guy's an asshole. I think he's a real prick. Uh, funny Games, five stars. Bad call. Shape of Water, five stars. What are you going to do? Call Me By Your Name, five stars, Jarrett. You know how I feel about that movie. And then there's other things. 400 Blows, five stars. Reservoir Dogs, five stars. Let's have a look at these half-star movies, Jarrett. Uh, Under the Silver Lake, Pink Flamingos. I believe that's a Jarrett pick. Outrageous. Outrageous that they would give that half a star. And, I don't know, the normal rub. And for
0: Love on the Run... Oh, we didn't mention Love on the Run. It's got its own theme song.
1: Love on about, the about run.
0: With lyrics about editing film.
1: Love on the Run.
0: Rich Coral. One star. Dude, that's not a real name. Watching the previous Antoine Donnell consecutively before this one was certainly a mistake, as much of Love on the Run features clips from the previous films. If there had been Doesn't a gap it? in viewing, this may have been effective. but for me, it was tiresome. If only the original material hadn't also been so miserable, I could have went with it, but this film is a complete mess. The way it weaves Colette, Sabine, and Christine together is haphazard and lazy. Being the final film, you'd expect some sort of emotional resolution, if not plot resolution, but you'll receive none of that here. Hmm. Truffaut himself wasn't happy with the way this turned out, and it's not hard to see why. A complete
1: waste of time. I mean, in a sense, I don't... My, Although I believe that this person's name isn't real, uh, they don't have the worst taste, except there's some bad stuff. Like, they give Pan's Labyrinth one star. I don't agree with that. Uh, Boyhood one star, which I believe, as I mentioned before, I feel like uh, that boyhood in these movies have a little bit of overlap. Also, matinee one star. That John Goodman movie. That's right, Jarrett. That's not a one star. that, That Joe Dante You know what aren't half-star films? Contact or The Big Chill? Those aren't five-star films by any account, but they're not one-star films. Hey, would you give Cemetery Man five stars? No. This person did. Adam X.
0: One and a half star. Adam Sacks. Perhaps if I'd watched this film as many years after Bed and Board as there were between their years of production, I might have enjoyed it Mm. more. Where I only saw a clip show of previous Antoine Donnell tales in a place of memories, I may have felt more nostalgia and a willingness to go along with it, but I didn't. I feel like Mm -hmm. Truffaut should have stopped with Stolen Kisses as the last two Donnell films just seemed to repeat what had gone before in Mm -hmm. rather uninteresting ways. When you spend enough time with characters, it's enjoyable to see them later in their lives and played by the same actors at that, but it's not enough. Perhaps this would have worked as a short film rather than using all those clips that just felt like padding to the run running time. Mm. I mean, I had like way less of a problem with the clip stuff. I mean, it's interesting because like, uh, like Boyhood, you have like access to the footage of the mm-hmm. actors doing these scenes, that so you don't have to like reshoot things and like do weird makeup, like yep. de aging Lee Marvin in Point Blank. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you can just like, oh hey, that's
1: what that moment looked like. But at the same time, it's.
0: There's so much what's, of it, and like it's like, like
1: I said, I it's not just like the present presentation of old stuff. They do actually put new stuff to it, so I, 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 can forgive it for that, right? Where it's like, yeah, they actually, it's not just recycled. They tried to do more, but at the same time, enough, enough, Jarrett, enough. So there was something interesting there. Is that was that all that person's review? Yep. Okay, it wasn't this person like two people ago, they mentioned seven up series. That has nothing to do with any of this shit. That follows like real people every seven years. I don't see the connection to this at all, other than it's one guy. But I don't think that's well, fair. No, I mean that's like
0: the I think you see the character grow older. I mean it's like the same kind of like idea, yeah. uh, but it means it's different. I, I mean it's a documentary, uh, like it's a sociological uh, you
1: No, know, it's yeah. Uh, so Adam X gave. Uh, they watch horror movies and they give them bad ratings. Like Wards of Salem, they gave Man of Steel a half a star. Wards of Salem, rough. half a star. As above, so below. A half a star. That's a bad take, mm-hmm. if I've ever saw one. Mm-hmm. But think, uh, maybe it really sucked in theater, though. If that's how they saw it. That's what a lot of people say. I mean, they like their ratings aren't bad. They have very few five star movies. It's it's Twin Peaks and a Gear A Wrath of God. It's about it. It's about it, man. Like all these people talking shit about these movies, they don't have a horrible taste. I mean, I don't, think... I, my, the biggest Chris, I mean, at the end of the day, these movies just
0: like they're movies. All right. Like There's like, I yeah. would never watch them again. So they're, uh, just their check- movies. Their, all right. They're check marks on the, on the March.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, for us, for other people, don't, bother I'm not either, I would say I'm not other people well yeah but for all those truthful people out there it's like I wouldn't bother you guys after the break
0: things seem good right now but next episode rg has got custody of the kid I'm banging record store employees Japanese ladies
1: is it important that they're Japanese to the plot, absolutely. What? What? It's absolutely essential. Oh my god. What?
0: Podcast chronology. Hmm. And then RJ finds out his mom died between episodes, but it's no big deal. Off air. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, that was really sad. Panels. I couldn't, I couldn't make it to the funeral. I was recording the bands.
1: podcast. Yeah. Wednesday nights, man, can't do nothing yeah, else. I'm sorry. Sorry.
0: watching all these Antoine Janelle films make you want to go to Paris
1: the only thing it does is confirm that 400 blows sucks and you all suck too everyone who likes that movie shut up you're all SOBs you're all SOBs just go watch fucking Commando or something enjoy your life don't take everything so seriously relax relax relax
0: ugh you can email us at CriterionCrips at and relax. And just relax. We got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barno. Sure am. We've got a Patreon. We got a YouTube. And? We got a Tumblr. Are you sure? Uh, I don't know. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. Pornhub. Pornhub. Next we might week, be on there. spine one hundred and eighty-nine. <gasps> Who is this, RJ? Who is it? Oh, it's our it's our old personal friend Federico Fellini.
1: I gotta be honest, I hate Fellini, but compared to Truffaut, Fellini is a pretty good dude. In comparison, and this is his first
0: solo directorial debut.
1: What? That's right. Who did he direct with well, before? Uh,
0: that variety lights. He, he co-directed that bad boy, and then, then oh, you mean
1: first for him, not for first. His, in the his creep. first
0: solo directorial debut. His first chronological. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, mm-hmm. and that that film is the White Shake from 1952. Shake or Sheik? Uh, I believe it is pronounced shake. What does that mean? Uh, we're gonna find out.
1: I've never seen this. I've is seen, it on the channel? I,
0: uh, uh, nope. Fuck. Figure it out. Good night, folks. Man. Stay safe.
1: Um, don't be huffing that glue. Don't be French. I guess is the point of all of this.